if Sammy beats me on January 12th, I'm gonna have a lot to think about because for the past eight months, this has been my focus, this has been what I've trained for, what I've worked for, I've sacrificed for this. My mind has been focused on this. And now the stakes are even higher because it's for the world championship. With Sammy and I, it was personal since Slammiversary. Sammy Callahan, January 12th at Hard to Kill. I'm not going to make history because of my gender or because I'm a woman. I'm going to make history because I'm going to be the one that takes the world championship from the most vile, disgusting, and shameless champion that this company has ever seen. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, postmarks of all ages. We are coming to you from the satellite of hate orbiting 20,000 miles above this beautiful sphere that we all call home in a geosynchronous orbit. It is I, the Godfather Nate Milton, and I am joined, as always, by my co-pilot, on these missions, and, and we've been doing these missions a bit more frequently lately, Brian. I don't, I don't want to get the people too excited, but but uh, you know him, you love him. He is a champion of all. He is one of the most supportive people I know in the podcast business. He supports everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian Mann is in the building. Hey, you know how it is. If you don't use a satellite, it just it, it gets rusty. It gets out of shape. Uh, you got you got to use these things, or else uh, you know they just go to waste. So I'm I'm glad we're able to crank things up one more time. We're paying for the upkeep on this thing. We might as well use it. Exactly. It's like a timeshare you don't go to. <laughs> and uh, joining us on this voyage tonight, uh, you know he's he's sitting in the in the navigator's chair, I guess, because. Uh, he is the man that, that navigates each and every one of you postmarks through the crazy <laughs> world of professional wrestling news each and every week. Some would say he is the wrestling game's Jimmy Olsen. Some would say he is the wrestling world's Clark Kent. Because I, I guess everybody on Superman's a reporter. Jimmy Olsen, Clark Kent, Lois Lane, Perry White's the editor. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's essentially the vice staff over there. <laughs> but you've heard this brother on the Rocky Maivia picture show you've heard this brother on the Nubian Wrestling Advocates and now you are hearing him on Keep It 2000 actually Keep It 2000 presents post wrestling's presentation of Impact Wrestling Hard to Kill ladies and gentlemen Andrew Thompson's in the building brother brother Drew how you feeling man <laughs> I'm feeling good man I appreciate the 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 long introduction that was real nice. I appreciate all the kind words and uh, you know I, I got I got to put you over because basically <laughs> see Brian knows exactly what I'm doing. I'm I'm putting over the young talent and in that way when you know 10, 15 years from now when Andrew blows up and he he takes Dave Meltzer's spot, I'm gonna swoop in like fabulous Mooley used to do and take like seventy five percent of what he makes. 
Like, look here, kid. I got you in the business. <laughs> Nate, I got to say, for someone who loves to put over young talent, it's it's crazy that you watched the TNA for as long as you did. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, we saw some young talent, uh, shall we say, uh, rise tonight. So we, we got some things to talk about, fellas. Uh, but before we get to tonight's show, which took place from Dallas, Texas, uh, let, let's start with some news because, Brian, you were talking off air like it's a Sunday, but there was mm-hmm. no shortage of interesting wrestling stories going down on January the 12th of 2020. Yeah, it's like Impact was like, guys, we somehow did it. We secured a night for ourselves. This is a <laughs> tough competi- competitive time period, but on this evening we will own the wrestling news sphere and nope even on a sunday news does not rest uh aw impact uh roh everyone had huge news stories today plus you had the nxt uk show going down yep that's kicked off the day so uh andrew since you are our, our, our ace cub reporter here why don't you start us off and and, and tell the folks if they haven't heard the news about what's gone down and the, the shakeup in roh Oh, man. So, uh, first of all, Mr. Marty Skrull has re-signed with the Ring of Honor. Uh, I know a lot of people thought he was either going to make his way to uh, WWE or he was going to go with his good friends over at AEW, but Marty decided to uh, stay with the Ring of Honor. PW Insider actually reported the news, and they said that along with Marty Skrull staying with Ring of Honor, his deal is very, very lucrative, one of the most lucrative deals in Ring of Honor history. And on top of that, he is now the lead booker in Ring of Honor. And um, I, I don't know if this is a sign of things to come, but at the at last night's center stage show on January 11th, uh, Marty Skrull actually took the pinfall and he lost the ROH World Six Man Tag Title. So, and and it was noted in the report that he was heavily involved in the creative aspect of that show. So, if he's taking the title off himself, uh, you know, it, it, you know, I mean, it, you you never know how it's gonna go four or five months from now, but. Uh, it, it appears that if he's going to be booking, he doesn't want the world title on him. I mean, any title on himself. So you never, you never know where it could go from here. Now, Brian, like, I don't know about your viewing habits when it comes to Ring of Honor, but honestly, the last time I really watched a Ring of Honor show was, you know, last year when they were up in your neck of the woods at Madison Square Garden. Uh, <laughs> that is exactly the the last time I watched any ROH was when I was in that building and whatever <laughs> the fuck they did with uh, Enzo and Cass. That was the last mm. time I saw anything. Hey, you you can't teach that, man. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. So why would, does, you? Does the, why would you? That that's a better question. <laughs> uh, but does this this shake up uh, at the top, in particular with uh, Marty Scurll taking over uh, the booking responsibilities? Does that give you any more interest in ROH than you currently had? It does. That certainly makes me want to sample whatever the new thing is. I mean, they kind of had become this really weird island of misfit toys. Mm. It's like the people who were looking for the money went to WWE. The people who were looking for creative control went to AEW. And that just kind of leaves you with like, well, what is ROH? Like, what I, I look at ROH and I really don't know what role they fill, if mm. I'm being honest. Like I look at it, it's like and, and you could say the same thing about Impact, but you know, quite frankly, no offense to the rest of this show, but uh Impact is just so down on the list of priorities for people. If anything, it's like, oh hey, that's a wrestling company that I'm glad they're around. I'm glad yeah. people are making a, a paycheck, but they're not a difference maker. No, honestly, though, I will say it is funny, though, because I think, Brian, over the last year, 
the kind of I don't know if it's apathy or disdain. I don't know which would be a better description word, uh, but whatever people felt for Impact like two or three years ago, I feel like that's kind of transferred to ROH. And then when it comes to Impact, people are either indifferent or they're like, "Yeah, it's cool, but I just don't have time to watch it." I agree. Yeah, I mean, hundred percent. Yeah, there's just so much stuff out there. Like it's it and and it becomes tough. I mean, it, it is difficult to just keep up with the stuff that is on major television channels. Like, think about that. Just the stuff that is on between AW and uh, the W and the WWE stuff. You're looking at what, like, twelve hours of yeah. stuff that you're trying to keep up with. I mean, like, and then you want to add ROH, you want to add Impact. Maybe you're trying to add MLW. Maybe you want to keep up with New Japan, um, WA, NWA uh, as well. I mean, if anything, I feel like one thing that is a a, a positive is that I think we've finally gotten to a place where you can just watch whatever you want and there's no longer the expectation that you will have seen everything. Mm. It's just, hey, watch the things that you like. And I think that's, as a fan, very freeing to not have this feeling of, well, to be a wrestling fan, here's your homework. Make sure you do it or you're getting kicked out of class. Yeah, and I think for me, Brian, like as much as I like impact like I'm, I'm i'm shackled to impact now you know we we me me and impact wrestling on that broke back mountain well i just can't quit you and and so like i but i do think like you know andrew mentioned last year i would go even further back and then uh go to 2018 which i believe uh the show john and i did was redemption mm-hmm. uh and it was really kind of like the coming out party for callus and Demore. and i think that Whatever animosity there was from the Dixie era or the Jarrett era or even the Anthem era at the beginning, I think like these guys made a conscious effort to like, hey, we're we're not what this company was and we're going to work to earn your trust. Like I think John made the analogy that they felt like a, like a deadbeat dad trying to win back his child's love. And so they're trying extra, extra hard to to be good. And other than, you know, the speed bumps that Andrew talked about, I think for the most part. They've done a good job of gaining back some goodwill, but unfortunately, you know, you and I did review an impact for so so many years. At least it felt like so many oh, <laughs> years. Unfortunately, is the right word. Yes, <laughs> I think that you know the damage was already done, and whatever goodwill there was, you know, going back to the Spike TV days, or even when they did that relaunch on Destination America that nobody watched. I feel mm-hmm. like. So many people, you know, wrote Impact off, which is a shame because, as we saw on tonight's show, there's still a lot of good talent in this company. Yeah, and I would say even more so than just fans writing it off. I mean, if you look at it, it feels like just the business community has written them off. Uh, The fact that they, despite having, you know, uh, they've been around for decades. You think about the video library they have. Despite all of this, the fact that, like, they're on access, you know, which is certainly better than, you know, wherever they pop whatever TV. weird that did pop TV or whatever. But like um, or, or that West weren't they on like some Western hunt? They were on channel? the uh, oh, it's crazy because they started on they were on Spike and then they went then to Destination America. Destination America oh, yeah. Then they went to pop TV. Then they were on the pursuit channel. Pursuit. That's what it was. So access is better than pursuit. But when you hear things like, you know, rumors that. Showtime is interested in MLW, and it's like, mm. 
well, why are they more interested in MLW than Impact? And it's mm. like, well, because it feels like a dead brand. It feels like a brand that has just so much weight and so much baggage that at this point, I almost wonder, like, just nuke it all. Like, completely different name. Don't call it Impact. Like, mm. keep the infrastructure, keep the employees, keep the contracts, but just don't even don't even call it Impact anymore. John brings up the point often, Brian, that, you know, due to Anthem, you know, and their relationship with Access and their relationship with Impact, like, it's it's a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing in that they don't have to worry about getting kicked off the station, but it also limits them from engaging in other opportunities that would give them more visibility and, and more capital, quite frankly. Uh, and that's been a major problem for ROH, uh, yeah. I, I think it's fair to say. Well, you bring up All Elite Wrestling here andrew and they were not one to be left out of the news cycle today so uh for those that haven't heard this is a story that actually broke during the pay-per-view tonight so uh, let the people know what's going on with uh brian not the brian here on the satellite but brian <laughs> from impact wrestling that was a great segue by the way um but so yeah so so kyle and Sensor, they they reported that brian k signed a multi-year deal with all elite wrestling this news literally came out i would say about an hour after brian cage um lost the well he yeah he lost the rbd uh, at hard to kill um they said uh, when cage's contract expired impact offered him a new deal and he also brian cage got an offer from ring of honor and that was a very lucrative deal but he decided to go with AEW because of the exposure um I, well i just noticed that brian cage like before um, I would say I want to say the summer of 2019, he kept posting pictures on his Instagram and uh, Twitter, like uh, side by side photos of him and Kenny Omega, like trying to ask people, uh, when, when would you want to see this match? And then I know PW Insider, they reported last year that Brian Cage was supposed to be in the casino battle royal, but Impact told them told him that he couldn't do it because he was the world champion at, at the time. And he, right. you know, so I, that wasn't, I, I don't think that was going to fly. But, yeah, Brian Cage signed a multi-year deal with All Elite Wrestling, and he's expected to start with the company soon. Brian, I, I really like this move. Like, I mm-hmm. I think you could make the argument, and this is no disrespect to Marty Squirrel, but I think you could make the argument that in the immediate future, Brian Cage makes more sense with that AEW roster than even a Marty Squirrel would, just, just because he's a physically imposing guy that can actually work. Yeah, that and that is kind of something that they don't necessarily have right now. I mean, when you think back a couple uh, weeks ago when they had that big battle royal and uh, down came Billy Gunn and he's dwarfing everyone <laughs> on their roster. Yeah, uh, it'd be good if someone who does that is actually a full time wrestler. Um, and I and I think he's good. I, if there's one thing that I feel like AEW sometimes is lacking is I I feel like they they've done a very good job of getting certain acts over. But I feel like they do need just a few people who can come in and already sort of be over, and Brian Cage will be that. Um, It'll be interesting to see how they book him. It'll be interesting to see what they do with him. It's it's a little tough because I do look at it, and I feel like that show is already kind of cluttered. And I'm like, okay, well, well, what is he doing? Uh, Where are where are you plugging him in? But hopefully, you know, they, they've got a, a strong creative idea. They stick with it. Um, he's an incredible talent. It's good to see him, you know, finally getting to that to close to that level that he should be at. Because, you know, he was great in Lucha Underground, but that was a very small show. We talked about the issues with Impact. So it, it's, you know, it's good to see him, you know, there. I feel like it, it makes the right amount of sense for him now. Uh, ultimately, he does just, he kind of has WWE written all over him. But let's see how he does in AEW. What, what do you think, Andrew? 
as far as Brian Cage and Impact, uh, I'm 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 gonna I'm I'm hold off my comments. I mean, well, not not my comments, but uh, my my judgment on the situation because I feel like AEW they're still introducing a bunch mm. of new characters, and I I feel like even though people kind of know who Brian Cage is, but he's just this is gonna be his first time. Uh, getting introduced to an audience of that size, I would right. say, because I know Impact has an audience, but I think this is going to be his first time getting introduced to whatever million viewers that AEW is bringing in. Um, you know, they they have people like Darby Allen, people like Chris Statlander, people like that who are still who the fans are still trying to get used to. Those casual fans are still trying to get used to. So you throwing Brian Cage in the flay in the uh, in the mix. They haven't even formally introduced Warlow yet. Like you still got to right. get the get get the get the rap out on him. Um, but I'm I'm very interested in what Brian Cage is going to do. Like Brian on the podcast said, uh, I think Brian Cage is going to be excellent in AEW. You know, very talented individual. Um, he has a standout look. So I mean, that's going to separate him from the pack off the jump. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what he's going to do in AEW, and you know, hopefully, you know, they do a better job of uh, solidifying these characters so that you can open up more room to bring in uh, more established names like Brian Cage. Yeah, I'm excited because I think, you know, it, Brian was right when he brought up Billy Gunn in the Battle Royal. Like, no disrespect to the ass man, you know, that, that esteemed uh, paragon of, of wrestling that he is. But, you know, a 50-year-old dude, I don't know how old Billy Gunn is now, 60 maybe, uh, somewhere in there. Like, he shouldn't be, like, the biggest dude in your Battle Royal. And so bringing in a guy like Brian Cage, who was the Impact World Champion, who was in Lucha Underground, who is physically imposing, but he can also work, I think that's a good addition to the roster. My worry, and Brian alluded to this, is will he get lost in the shuffle? Because while I enjoy what AEW's done so far, I still think part of the problem is, like, we know Cody, we know Jericho, we know the Bucks. But I think with some of these other acts, and you brought up Chris Statlander, you know, we, I don't know if they really put the time in to get us invested in these characters. And I don't want to see that happen to Brian Cage. And I really don't want to see Brian Cage show up under a damn gimp mask. Because then I'm going to be like, you know what? <laughs> Y'all play too much. <laughs> Just think about that. Brian Cage in the Dark Order. You're welcome, America. And, and that's another point that you brought up. Like, they're still introducing the Dark Order, honestly. Like, They've been introduced like... the Dark Order since day one, since before <laughs> day one on, on on TNT. And I, Brian, uh, you know Brian Mann, are they mm-hmm. are are they meaning the Dark Order <clears throat> any more? Like I, I I enjoyed this segment that they had on the last episode of Dynamite, but overall, are they any more over or imposing or entertaining as they were a month ago? No, I mean, I think Dark Order is kind of the thing that people have been focusing on, but. I think it is more just indicative of a bigger problem that AEW has, which is I don't think – and listen, they're figuring out how to do a lot of this stuff, and they're, they're, they're learning from their mistakes. But I think AEW's big issue right now is I think they have a hard time booking shows while producing shows, mm-hmm. meaning that that first you know month or so of TV was so good. And I think it's because they wrote it before the show premiered. Right. But – post full gear where they're trying to like book the show while also making the show and it's very difficult and sometimes i look at it feels like no one's stepping back and looking at this thing from a bird's eye view and saying like okay um what what is the overall package here not on a segment to segment basis and that's why you get people complaining like why there's so many goth gimmicks you know like 
you know, Nightmare Family and Dark Order. What really is the big difference between these two? And it's like, you can really only have one of those gimmicks going at a time. And they're very hard to pull off. And they have multiple people doing the same gimmick poorly. And I just look at it and I see like how much talent they have like how much really incredible talent that is not being exposed and mm. i question why so much time is being dedicated to this group and listen who knows maybe it'll be like massive uh but it, at the same time i think that um as as kind of you know brilliant as cody rhodes can be sometimes uh he is the son of dusty Rhodes, and i think he has a lot of his father's strengths but also his father's weaknesses I mean, his dad is the same guy who did the fucking like black scorpion shit, you know, <laughs> like I, I think that and, and I think that he does have like a soft spot and appreciation for that. Yeah. And I think that maybe I don't know if it's a nostalgia thing, but like really stepping back and be like, OK, I get what you're trying to go for. Has this ever worked and has it ever drawn? And is it making the show better? And Dark mm. Order is one that I hardly ever hear anyone say anything positive about. But to end on a positive note. They did shoot a few vignettes on Marta, so it's a pass in my book. <laughs> yes, yes. Shout out to Marta. And and to a point that you made on the episode of uh, the Kings of Sport Patreon that we did last year, Brian, where we did like a state mm-hmm. of the wrestling union, uh, a point that you made about AEW that I thought was insightful and something that uh, not a lot of people have brought up is, yes, you know, we want these wrestlers, these performers to have freedom and, and everything like that, but they do need a writer. Like somebody needs to have a framework for these shows. Exactly. I mean, there's been stuff, especially with the dark, with, with the nightmare family, there's like one week, I think it was like, okay. It was like, it's one of those things where, okay, great. You guys did everything in the segment you wanted to do, but what was I supposed to remember at the end of it? And there's a segment where it was Chris Statlander's like first match. She beats her one contender. The nightmare family then comes out, asks her to join. Yeah. She, does not instead someone comes out from the from the audience and they shave her head and it's like okay (laughs) you did five things in two minutes which thing am i supposed to remember and it's like great you you had an idea that you want to do all this stuff and you did it you actually did it but what am i retaining what am i remembering and that's just where i think you kind of got to have that person in the room they they, they was on that vince russo they want they put a a month's worth of tv into one (laughs) second Exactly. And I, I don't know if they just need like an executive producer, if they need writers, just someone to step back and sort of be that um, that voice of, OK, what's the audience getting out of this? Put yourself in the audience's shoes and don't get so worked up in your own mind of like, well, here's everything that we want to do and we're going to cram it all in. So sh- shout out to AEW because I, I know we, we had some critiques and, and I think it's good you know to have critiques because everything's not going to be perfect. But I, I'd say in general, I've enjoyed what they've done so far. And I just there, there's some things, though, that I think they need to clean up. Yeah. And I mean, and listen, they've been very, uh, uh, you know, upfront with their learning. They're, yeah. they're, you know, every week they're they're figuring out what works, what doesn't work. I, I would say, though, uh across the board i mean i do think they're putting on a better show than wwe is right now i mean i watch those shows and every single week the crowd is hot they know the performers are and they're engaged and you can't say that for the other company and they apparently are the masters of this and they've been doing it for like 40 years so like why is (laughs) AEW so much better at it yeah that's a good point so and i think i don't even have no segue for this one andrew like this is a story that, that i can't even segue to 
because there's too many uh, landmines on the field. I don't want to. Oh boy! I want a flag on the play on this one. So let's talk about the the, the big story that had happened over the weekend uh, involving one of our key performers tonight on Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill. And I don't even know what's going on here, Andrew, because. First, the fat boys break up. Now, every day I wake up, <laughs> somebody got a problem with Tess. What, what is going on with Tessa Blanchard? Man, so uh, first of all, Tessa Blanchard, this is actually the day. Well, this is yes. Well, okay, so today is June, January 12th. This was on January 11th when all this went down. Um, Tessa tweeted out randomly. Uh, she said that women need to support each other. That's all she said. She said women need to support each other. Hey, women, support each other, right? And then that's when the current NWA World Women's Champion, Allison K, she you know, responded to Tessa's tweet, and she said, do you remember when you spat in a black woman's face and called her the N-word in Japan? Was that supporting women, the audacity of this tweet? And that set off a, just a spur of other tweets. I know Chelsea Green commented and talked about Tessa bullying her. Um, Priscilla Kelly talked about it, talked about Tessa bullying her. Um, Aladon, who's in NXT UK, uh, the Black Rose, who was the woman that Allison K was referring to in the tweet, she commented and, you know, basically she confirmed. I mean, that's her story. So, I mean, she got more, you know, authority in this situation than most and anybody who commented, actually. Uh, I know Rebel chimed in, uh, All Elite Wrestling, Shauna chimed in about Tessa Blanchard, Mia Yim made a comment. Uh, big, big swole, swole commented, yep. Kavita DeVee, who was in the May Young Classic, uh, Tessa Blanchard. With, with Tessa Blanchard, she was like, "Well, that's not how your attitude was," and and and, and during the May Young Classic, and it was just a, a slew. When when when, when when Malia Hosaka, God bless her soul, when when Malia Hosaka get up on the Twitter machine and got fired for you, it's like, damn, is everybody <laughs> mad at this woman? <laughs> that, that, that that's what I was saying. Like when when I started seeing all these different athletes come out. And started quote tweeting Tessa. I'm like, damn, how many people did she piss off? Because Tessa's like, what's she like, 24, 25? See, she's like one year older than me. And like, I, like the fact that I'm seeing so many people that she wronged and pissed off, like it's like, damn, like you, you, it, it really makes you wonder, like the type of person that somebody is behind the character that they play on a, on a television show. You know what I'm saying? And then that, that she didn't, I know she didn't speak at the um. The, the the pre hard to kill media junk and, and she didn't yeah, speak. yeah callus yeah. and uh callus and, and the higher up shut that down they're like no nah, yeah. we don't want that smoke and, <laughs> and then they they pulled her from the the post impact uh media scrum but i know she yeah. she she just did like a a speech after after the match after the show went off and she basically what she said was nobody is perfect but she didn't directly address the thing it was kind of like that you yeah. know that pa- passive aggressive you know i'm i'm sorry you were offended type thing like that that, that that's that that's kind of what i took from it but, you know, I'm curious to get you guys' thoughts on the situation and just seeing how many different athletes came out in droves sharing their stories about how Tessa Blanchard basically bullied them. Brian, man, I, I passed the, I passed the I mean, mic listen, to you, sir. <laughs> listen, Tessa came out and she said women should support other women. And it, it was it honestly was heartwarming to see every female wrestler <laughs> come out and, and put her That's over. That's all she was doing. Wheel. She was trying to bring unity. <laughs> yeah, and they all came together, and they're like they they created the, the, the biggest heel uh, in wrestling. Like that's amazing that they all came together and did that. Um, no, I mean it's. Uh, I guess. I guess I'll I'll first start with the thing that you can kind of actually debate a little bit here, which is you know what should Impact have done? I mean, right. they have spent uh, like a year building to this, and you kind of feel like. You, you gotta pull the trigger you know and and if there's one thing like you can kind of respect that impact is 
you know, it is not the impact of old where, you know, you have a year long plan and then this stuff comes out about what's supposed to be your top baby face. And you say, you know what, we got to do it, pull the trigger, go ahead with it. Uh, versus, you know, the Dixie Carter days when Hulk Hogan, you know, decides at four o'clock in the afternoon, Bob Rude's not the guy and they throw it all their booking. Mm. So you kind of, you, I do respect that they stuck to their guns on the booking. Um, I get, okay. I, I guess, obviously I'm of two minds about this, uh, where I can look at it and I say, okay, what is the proper ethical moral thing here? Um, and, and it's that, you know, you would appreciate there could be some sort of reprimand against uh, Tessa, that there should be some sort of public apology from her, and that there should be some acknowledgement that this behavior um, is not welcome. Yeah. Um, that is the moral, ethical thing that you'd like to see. Uh, we are, however, talking uh, on a wrestling podcast, and we know that that is very rarely how decisions are made in this business. Um, and so honestly, what I think impact is going to do is I think they're going to see if this blows over and I think they're going to see how much of their audience actually cares. Right. Um, and listen, at the end of the day, this is a business where people pay money to watch people hurt themselves. So, you know, like a, a lot of the morals and ethics go out of the window. Um, and it's, and it's, you know, it's a real shame to see someone who has, treated other performers you know uh that way when when you just have so many people coming out and saying like how awful she has made mm. other people's uh careers or just time with them but then you also kind of look at it you know wonder if like well maybe is that behavior the reason why she's been taken so seriously uh by male promoters like that's shitty to say but like do those mm. things go hand in hand you, you, you'd mm. hope not but is there a reason like the fact that and you know what there's also the thing that like you look at how much she's achieved at her age and it's like yeah you're probably gonna piss some people off yeah. uh, uh in the process now when you have some people come out and say that she's a bully or she's unprofessional and that's aside from obviously just the the the, the racist uh, allegations um, it doesn't seem like she's that great of a person mm. and it will just be interesting to see if, um, if she is afforded the ability to, to prove, to, 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 you know, learn from this, or if she's even, you know, compelled to learn from this, um, you know, again, from a moral ethical standpoint, I would like everyone to be good. I would like for her to learn from <laughs> this. I'd like for her to be, to set a positive example. Um, but listen, at the end of the day, um, people will probably, um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I do think that for her and for her career, I think, uh, making amends and apologizing is probably the way to go, especially if I'm assuming her ultimate goal is WWE and if yeah. half the locker room there already hates her. And you said you were of two minds about this, Brian, and I was, of two memes I guess about I'm this. not of, sorry, I'm not of two minds. I, I can I, I am able to see two perspectives mm. of this. I personally am of one mind, but I understand <laughs> there's an alternative perspective that will probably prevail. I mean I, I appreciate the clarification, but you, you steamrolled my, my wonderful, beautiful segue there, sir. Hey listen, 
it, it, it comes with the territory. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, on the next post-wrestling update, Brian Mann kicked off the satellite for attitude problems. <laughs> We're going to headline the post and then Brian, you got to quote. You got, you got to, you got, Brian, you got to quote tweet it. Start some controversy, man. Quote tweet it. be like, Nate, Nate unfairly kicked you off the show and you suing. Oh, man, I can't wait for all the wrestling podcasters to say like, what a bully I am. <laughs> yeah, I'll just, I'll just subtweet. <laughs> wait until you about hear me, me and Sean Ross Sapp's trip to Japan. Who knows what happened on that thing? <laughs> uh, but but here's the thing for me. Like uh, like I said, I was of two memes about this. Uh, the first meme that I thought of, because anybody that's heard these Impact Review shows with me and John over the past couple of years knows one of the performers I've been the most high on is Tessa Blanchard. And I kind of inferred that she's got maybe a bit of a chip on her shoulder, maybe a, a a bit of a high esteem and regard for herself because there's no reason somebody as talented as her with that family name shouldn't be in the WWE. And the only reason you could surmise that she's not is because there might be some type of attitude issue. And so I'm like, Oh, but okay. You know, when you get talented people, when you get creative people, Brian well knows egos come involved with that package and everybody's not for everybody. So it's like, okay, that's just a personality conflict. And so I was I was super high on Tessa. I think, you know, she is talent-wise probably one of certainly one of my favorite female performers in the world and, and I you could make the argument that if you were starting a company other than Charlotte Flair who you would put maybe ahead of her for obvious reasons with the with the whole, you know, lineage with Ric Flair and all that good stuff, I would probably take Tessa second on that draft board just due to mm-hmm. her age and her potential and what she's already done, you know, like Andrew said, not even 25 years old yet. Uh, just what she brings to the table. And so the two memes that popped into my head, Brian, number one, because I've been a Tessa stand. I've been part of the Tessa Beehive since day one. And the first meme that came into my head was, was Tyra Banks. We were all rooting for you. I was rooting <laughs> for you. And this is how you do us. The second meme that came into my head, of course, you know, we 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 are in the age of uh, the last of the Skywalker trilogy recently came out, and I thought back to the prequels, Brian Man, and I was sitting there on the uh, in the lava mines, and I'm looking at Tessa Blanchard, and it's it's hot, it's lava all around us, and I'm like, you were supposed to be the chosen one, you were supposed to bring balance to the force, not throw racial slurs at it. And- hey, listen, she's just <laughs> keeping the lineage, you know, she's. <laughs> She's and second great, generation. She's just keeping it, keeping it true. And then they, uh, the crazy thing is, like, I, I, I completely agree with that because I was like, it's, it's like before all this stuff came out, I was full on Tessa Blanchard, like, hell yeah, put the world title on her, you know, go ahead and do this, mm-hmm. make this history making moment. And like Brian was, said, like, I, this is a story they've been telling for a year, and you rarely get well crafted stories like that in wrestling that actually take time anymore. Man, I'm like, they, I, the, the 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 only thing left to really say about this situation is, I I I would just watch who you wrong in life because they might not wait to the best time to come back and get their revenge. So that that that's that because she she wronged a lot of people, man, and they 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 didn't do it like a couple of years ago when she was fairly unknown. They waited until one of the, probably the biggest moment of her career to, to air all that information out, and are now her title win is forever tainted, like forever like and and i think you know brian you talk about what 
the company's response should have been. I think Impact was in a in a no win situation because this is something they've been building towards and 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 advertising and. This is the proper culmination to this Tessa Blanchard story. But then you've also got this thing on Twitter that just pops up the day before your first big show of the year. And it's like, how do you handle that? And I think they made the right call, even though it might not be a popular call to to a lot of the fans out there. I think they made the right decision uh, in, in this instance. My issue, or not even issue, my concern i guess would be a better way to put it is like you said how is she going to handle this because i would love it if she as a opposed to somebody like uh terry bolea who you know gave the 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 bogus apology i would love it (laughs) if she actually you know stood up and was like yeah you know i i messed up you know i'm not perfect you know but i want to make amends and you know from here on out, I'm going to be a better person. I would love it if that's the tack she took, but one could make the argument. It's a terrible argument, but one could make the argument given that the company went ahead with this match and given that the company, spoiler alert for later on in this podcast, put the title on her. What incentive does she have to change? Because she's been rewarded, if not for her actions, for the way that she's pathed and marked out her career up to this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just yeah. Uh, oh, you go ahead, Brian. I was gonna say, I, I, I would just say that I think, in the long run, um, while this while this has been a very historic achievement uh, that they that they've uh, you know pulled the trigger on tonight, um, she is still very young and yeah. still has many more things to achieve, and 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 I would think that uh, it would be better for for her career for this to not be her perception. And I would hope that someone is giving her advice um, to that end of, Hey, listen, this is not a super great look. Um, This is not how you want people to perceive you. Um, And not only that, but like you kind of want to be someone people want to have around. Yeah. Uh, And uh, you you don't, you don't want to be the person who like, because with, you know, if you're a star, you can get away with certain amount, with a certain amount. But there is a breaking point where you'll say like, mm-hmm. "Okay, not worth the trouble. Not worth the trouble to keep you around." Yep. Yeah, but, uh, honestly, oh, yeah. You go ahead, Brian. My bad. No, sorry. I keep. I was just saying, and honestly, like, I don't know how much you can say she is a draw yet. She mm-hmm. has incredible mm-hmm. skill, incredible talent, but I could see a lot of people looking at it and just being like, "Not, nah, not worth the trouble." And that's definitely not the rap that you want to have because that can be very difficult to reverse. And say, and ju- just for the sake of uh, like how you guys said, I'm, I'm pretty sure we all can 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 relate to this in, in some aspect. We we all are not the same people we were five, six, seven years ago, mm-hmm. right? We all learn and grow different stuff like that. Like even me, I've said dumb stuff before. I'm pretty sure you guys have said dumb stuff before in the past, but you know you learn and you grow. So just for just, just for the sake of looking at it from the other side and to to give her a little bit of you know a little bit of you know not lean on her so much, but she is 24, yeah. and I know I, I know even when what I, I was 17, like what seven eight years ago, whatever it was, like I, I'm pretty sure I said some dumb stuff. So I mean, you know. I I I don't want to. I'm I'm trying not to lean on her too hard because I understand 
that we we sometimes we are not the same people we were those years ago. But it would have been proper for her to release some type of statement on her own, like on her own accord, like not mm-hmm. from impact, just her, her coming out, addressing it. Like e- even if it was something like her putting out like a little video or something like that, like just address it, let it be known. And even if you state that, you know, you weren't the same person you were all those years ago and people still gave her a little bit of backlash for it, at least mm. she did that. And it would have been okay. I put it out there. And if people don't, they don't believe me, you know, stand on that. And, and that's what it is. Yeah. But it would have been greatly appreciated that, you know, that she would have at least spoke out about it. Cause I think like for, for the most of this, I, I, I kind of feel like people are, losing the 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 racial part of it and they're they're focusing on the bullying aspect because there's so many uh caucasian women that came out and spoke about their bullying aspect and mm. i feel like it kind of drowned out the black roses whole situation about tessa calling the n-word you know what i'm saying like i feel like that kind of got drowned out within the bullying aspect even though both are wrong but th- th- there's no comparing you know a racial slur to quote unquote bullying somebody in the locker room to me, even though those are both like I said, they both are very, very wrong, but I don't think you can compare those two. Well and, and two things on that. Like number one, I think that the the crazy thing about making a sincere apology is it it feels, I guess to some, that it's a it's a sign of weakness or a sign of you conceding that you were wrong, which it is. Uh but I think that everybody can understand and relate to making a mistake. Maybe not to calling somebody a racial slur, but everybody can relate to making a mistake or saying something dumb. And I think if she owned it, people will be much more willing to forgive her and, and, and embrace her and welcome her back into the community. The other thing though is, and I think we saw this during the Jim Cornette uh, dust up last Uh year, is that while there are a, well, there is a segment of the wrestling audience that this resonates with, and they're like, yeah, this is a bad look. This is not something that should be accepted. There's also a segment of the wrestling audience that either through ignorance or indifference or maybe they are racist or, or bigoted, they don't care. And yeah, it doesn't yeah. affect them one way or the other. So they're like, why is this such a big deal? Why are you taking so much time writing about it or talking about it? It's just wrestling. Can't you guys grow up? You know, stop being snowflakes or whatever the terminology they want to use. And so if you want to dig your heels in and kind of be like, I didn't do anything wrong. People are just blowing this out of proportion. There is a group, especially on social media, that will embrace you. Yeah, and, and I would hope that's not her approach. My if you think about it, this is still a relatively fresh story. Yeah. Um, I, I am curious to see how she responds to it either tomorrow or the, the week, you know, I, I, I would not be surprised if impact asked her to not say anything until after the show. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised by that. So we'll see how she handles it now that they have gone through with the match. They've gone through with the finish. Um, I, I would not surprise me if the company just told her, don't say anything. We do not want to make this even bigger than it already is. Right. But just get through the show and then you can handle it as you want. Or maybe they have they have something for like, we would rather handle it this way. I think it was probably just a thing where it's like, listen, until we get this this match and the show out of the way, don't don't exacerbate it. Don't make it worse. And uh, you know, we'll we'll see how she um 
how she handles it. And even on the broadcast, Brian, like as soon as she wins the belt, like there's a moment where they celebrate, but then they go to black quick, fast in a hurry. Like they don't really give her that, that moment to kind of soak in the, the cheers and the adulation. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, 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 and I, that to me feels like the company's still not knowing completely how they want to handle it because it could be a thing. They take the belt off her right away. could be a thing where they turn her heel, you know, who knows what they're going to do. Uh, uh, after the fact, but but I am glad that they, at the very least, stuck with what they had planned for the day. Yeah, in the words of uh, Tessa Blanchard from the night, Brian, man, nobody in this life is perfect. We're all human, and it doesn't matter what you say about me. It doesn't matter what you call me. I've got one of the strongest minds that I've ever known. So uh, whenever you come for me, you come for all of my people. Did she say that? That's what she said. Lord have mercy. Man. To be Jesus fair, though, it, it Christ, feels like man. yes, she's addressing the issue, but she's talking. She talked about Sammy and OVE, so I don't know how that's much a, that, 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 that that sounds like privilege. That, that's I'm exactly not, what that's not. Tessa, follow up question: uh, Define your people. Uh, right <laughs> <for me. laughs> what do you mean, you people? <laughs> what do you mean, you people? But no, it, it, it's crazy because that, that that's kind of like I. See now, I'm thinking that nothing's even going to happen because I know uh, we we talked about previously, Nate, about the the Randy Orton situation and how he had the yeah. video, literally video of him saying the N word, and then he just was on TV the next week, you know, getting title opportunities and such and such. Like, the, the, I I think we all nobody's naive to know that the wrestling business has not been uh too kind to you know African Americans. That's that's kind of obvious. Like I even heard. Rocky Johnson telling stories on a podcast talking about how he like he used to go to the territory and people would try to like get him like walk down the aisle like with like chicken and like watermelon and just a whole type of racist stuff like yeah, that, that's that's been like just throughout history but I think things have they, they've not been come, become so blatant Jim Cornette booking that, that night yeah, Jim, Jim, Jim Cornette <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, I, I'm gonna send you the link to that podcast too. Both of y'all, y'all can actually hear it for yourself. Like it, it, it is, it is ridiculous. Like the stuff he was talking about. But like, I, I feel like racism in wrestling is not, it, it's not as blatant as it used to be, but it's still there. And I feel like people are going to bypass this thing that Tessa did just because she's the first woman to win the uh, the Impact World Title. And I see. I see I see a lot of a, a lot of women now like def- defending what she said the, the 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 racial part of it because of the 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 historic aspect well, of what that's she's the thing. done. Like it's a, it's and, this weird moment that they've got set up Andrew where you've got a what should be a feel good moment for a segment of your audience, right? Like this should be a it, big it deal. But at the same time there are real life implications. It, it it'd be like if you know, we're watching Black Panther, and at the end of Black Panther, T'Challa just turns to the camera and throws off some, you know, uh, homophobic slurs. And I'm like, whoa, ho, ho, hold up, King! Like this is not, this is not what we came here for. I, I was hoping that the the the, uh, the end credit was going to be something leading into Infinity War, not not this stuff. Uh, real quick, Brian, before we get to the show, like, do you think that because uh, when we started the Nubian Wrestling Advocates, it launched in the wake of the Jordan Miles ACH situation? Yes. That was like a big deal for 72 hours. And then other than uh, ACH getting on Twitter and and just going off here or there, it kind of dissipated. Do you think that the Tessa Blanchard story will 
have lasting ramifications or is this something that it'll get swallowed up by something in the wrestling news cycle by Tuesday? I mean, I think, you know, honestly, the way that this podcast started, I think kind of proves it. Uh, you know, Impact had a a history-making pay-per-view tonight, and we were more interested in Marty Squirrel's contract status mm-hmm. and Brian Cage going to AEW. Um, if this was a WWE performer, this was even an ROH performer, maybe, but Impact just isn't that big of a deal. So even even if even if these things hadn't happened, just the Tessa Blanchard wins the Impact title wouldn't be a big deal, uh, you know, by tomorrow afternoon. Um, this story will probably be washed away as soon as WWE posts their what to look forward to tonight on Raw. Okay, <laughs> let's move on to that. Like, um, it's just uh, news moves so fast, and this company is of so little importance. I, I, I definitely think this story is going to be swallowed up uh eventually i I, see i i don't think the 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 black wrestling fan or people in african-americans in wrestling media are going to forget about this at all but i think just as a whole we we still ain't forgot about hulk Hogan. yeah we we, we ain't forget about nothing but i I think (laughs) but i i think i think it's gonna get swallowed up because you got wwe about to announce their saudi arabia show for next month and that's you know already know how how that that's good Mm-hmm. that's going to be the rash from that you got this pending mlw tv thing it's wrestlemania coming up you got AEW with their next pay-per-view uh next month is it's, it's so much stuff going on man that i i it, i i don't want this to be forgotten about but but i i just know how it is like just 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 going based off how randy orton and how that whole situation turned out and how people like i i saw people who were like trying to you you know how people do like people like the the to to join in on certain stuff for for a couple of retweets and you know to to feel like oh yeah you know I, I I don't I don't want people to feel like I'm not commenting on the situation and then I saw same those same people a week later oh Randy Orton's so great in the ring he's such a legend like those exact same pe- <laughs> yeah. people so like I, I know that with this Tessa Blanchard situation it'll be hot for the rest of this week and then come next week when a whole bunch of other news comes out people will be you know. Tessa Blanchard is such a great championship, a history-making moment, and it all just go to the wayside. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think this will be something that people probably talk about until Raw starts Monday night. And then <laughs> whatever the WWE does and, and leading into uh, NXT and, and AEW on Wednesday, that'll take the headlines. Mm-hmm. Now, the one thing I would really want to know is what provoked that first tweet from Tessa? That's the, yo. That's the that's the Ooh, biggest thing to me. Because here's the thing. Like, here's the thing. Like, like uh, Tessa, girls? Yeah. yeah, Tessa I mean, set like, up hey, her own trap. <laughs> yeah, like was she like hitting up everyone, being like, "Hey guys, got a big match tomorrow. It would mean a lot if you tweeted about it." <laughs> and then like everyone said, "Fuck off." And then she then that she she blew it up. She blew up the spot. She she shouldn't have sent out that first one. Yo, that would be like if if Brian and and Andrew and I, you know, we grew up in the same neighborhood, and if. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, if if Brian Mann, you know, we like Brian, we hung out with Brian, you know, we work with Brian, but Brian, every time we saw Brian, we had to, you know, watch our wallets because Brian had them sticky fingers. And if, if you know, Brian... I was afraid st- of what like, you're going to accuse me of. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's, what, that's why I was laughing. I was like, oh boy, I hope this story don't If, if Brian steals $100 from Andrew and Brian steals like $200 from me, and then me and Andrew are like, you know what? We just gonna let it slide, you know what I'm saying? We we not gonna associate with Brian. We just gonna let it slide. And then three years later, Brian gets on Twitter and he's like, you know what really grinds my gears, guys? 
thieves. I hate thieves. Why can't people be honest and generous? Me and Andrew going to be on Twitter that next day like, hey, Brian Mann stole $300 us combined. We got receipts. We got records. And so it's like, yeah, Tessa could have avoided all of this if she had just kept quiet and said nothing. And, 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 and Brian is not a thief, folks, just for clarification. He's not a thief at all. <laughs> <laughs> just, just let y'all know. Brian didn't ask the damn thing from you, from you or Nate. Hey, uh, <laughs> I'll let you guys say that for me. <laughs> oh, so anything else on this before we get into this action-packed pay-per-view, Brian? Because we've been talking for like almost an hour, and we haven't even yeah. gotten to the main event of this show yet. Which is crazy, because I am... So excited to talk about a pay-per-view that I absolutely definitely did watch. And I'm so excited to talk about it. Because I did watch it. All right. So yeah, Brian, Brian definitely watched this pay-per-view. There is nothing that could keep him away. Ain't no mountain high enough or valley low enough or river Although, wide. Real enough. quick, sorry. I hate to cut you off, Nate. Uh we like you said, we have been going for about an hour, so I think I'm gonna just grab uh, a glass of water. So I uh, okay, I no can... problem. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Andrew and I will start the review, and you can just come back and join us. Great. All right, so let's talk about it, Andrew. Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill from the Bomb Factory in Dallas, Texas. This was their first major show of the year, and uh, you know there were. Some matches that were well built too. There were some surprises on this card, and then obviously we're going to get in depth with the main event between Tessa Blanchard and Sammy Callahan for the Impact World Title. And as as a bit of a programming note to the listeners, I know if you've heard John and I review these Impact pay per views before, you know John Pollock comes correct. John Pollock got move for move in these matches. John Pollock has timestamps and time signatures for all of these matches. John Pollock, you know, can let you know every single detail about all these matches. I'm not John Pollock, though. I, I, I can't I can't be John Pollock. I could just be me. So what Andrew and I are going to do, we're going to go through the entire card. We're going to talk about each match, but we're going to give you more of our general thoughts uh, about how the matches went down and, and what we thought about the finishes. And so it's going to be more of an overview of the card rather than the nuts and bolts, you know, because, you know, I, I ain't trying to steal Joe Poe's style. Joe Poe. <laughs> I like that. Joe hey, Poe. That's cool. J O P O and if you don't know, use a mofo. <laughs> I don't know if you know, have you ever seen John Pollock's rap video? Oh what? Yo, I'm gonna have to yo, I'm gonna have what? to show you. I'm gonna send you the link <laughs> after the show. I'm gonna send you the link after the show. It's the man. <laughs> oh, man. Yo, people people try to say Drake, the best rapper Canada ever produced. No. <laughs> DJ Joe Poe all day. Oh my word, John! John Pollock got it on lock. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to see this man. Oh, <laughs> oh Lord, I cannot well, wait to see this. Let's let's go from uh let, let's start the show and let's go from uh, uh the world's greatest rapper to the world's most dangerous man. Ken Shamrock versus Madman Fulton was the uh was the opening match of this show, and uh I guess. My first question for you on this match, Andrew, what do you make of Ken Shamrock in 2020? Ken Shamrock in Impact Wrestling. Does, you know, obviously, dude's a legend in in the world of MMA. The dude's a legend in professional wrestling. But what do you make of him at this stage of his career in this company? Uh, 
First of all, I do want to give Ken Shamrock props because he's in great shape for somebody his age. Like he, he's doing, he's doing, taking care of himself really well. So kudos to Ken on that. Uh, as, far, as far as him and Impact goes, I, I don't really think he's like a draw in Impact. I think he's there to promote his bare knuckle boxing uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, company or promotion. I think that's that's what he's there for. Uh, I mean, but they they they've got some great programs out of him. I mean, he obviously he's he's open doing the Joey Ryan thing like yeah. that. That's cool. That's cool. That you know he's not one of those old timers who's like, oh no, I'm going to do my own thing. He's open to doing different stuff. Uh, did didn't he take the the pinfall to Moose? He lost yeah. to Moose. As, yeah, so he took the pinfall to Moose. Um, and you know that they they getting some good programs out of him and. Ken seems to be like he seems to be an open dude because just the fact that he's willing to do again the Joey Ryan thing that just lets me know he's open to you know anything that Impact has to offer. So as far as what he's doing right now, I don't really I, I wouldn't say like he's like some like a person like people like oh I got to turn into Impact Ken Shamrock is on. I think it's just more so Ken just being there, being a, a a great hand, you know, being open to whatever Impact has to offer, and you know him basically. Yeah, it's a, it's a good role for Ken. I, I think that you know he's not embarrassing himself. He, he's putting on some decent performances, and, and in this match in particular, uh, you know it wasn't a five star match, but it didn't need to be. It just kind of set the tone for the night. Uh, the basic story of the match, Andrew, was you know Ken Shamrock going for submissions, going for the ankle lock, going for arm bars. We got the uh, you know the 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 Ken Shamrock's greatest hits. We got the German suplexes. We got uh, suicide dive from Ken Shamrock, which always. Makes me a little bit uncomfortable, but, you know, Ken pulled it off, so I, I can't hate on the brother. Uh, and the finish of the match came with uh, Ken Shamrock working over Madman Fulton's arm, locks in a submission, and gets Madman Fulton to submit at 9 minutes and 19 seconds. I thought this was a decent opener. It, my only critique of the match, Andrew, I guess would be, I think maybe it went a little bit too long. Yeah, for sure. I completely agree. I feel like this match should have been like six Six, five minutes, you know, get the interference in from uh, Jake and Dave, Chris. You know, that would, of course, get them in there and then, you know, have Ken take it home. But I, I do feel like this match did go, like, just just a tad bit too long. And it, it kind of, you know, for for I, I think the opening match of the show is supposed to be a match that could potentially steal the show, the opening mm-hmm. match. It should be the match that could potentially steal the show. And I think that, uh, you know, Ken and Mad Mad, you know, being two, two, two big men, I guess, you know, going in there and Ken being at the age he is, and I, 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 I feel like Madman Fulton would have worked better with somebody who's smaller. But you know, mm. yeah. But again, again, the match did kind of go a little bit too long, even though it was uh, just nine minutes. Yeah, honestly, I think if they had switched the next match, the X Division match with the Shamrock match, I, and again, no disrespect to Ken, I think that would have been a little bit more of a hot opener for the for this Dallas crowd. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And that takes us to our X Division Championship match with your champion, Ace Austin, defending against Trey and Trey's mama. Not, I mean, Trey's mama. <laughs> Trey, Trey mama wasn't in the match, but, you know, she was match adjacent. Yeah, man. They, they, they done had Trey, Trey's mom on TV for like the past two months. So she getting that, like, she, for she, those she, that haven't uh, watched impact on a regular basis since the move to Access and, and they're just checking in with the pay-per-view tonight, like, let, let let the people know what you've thought because I think I've been surprisingly entertained by by this kind of storyline with Ace Austin just being uh, just being uh, disrespectful uh, towards Trey's mom. 
Yeah, so so for any, like like Nate said, for anybody who hasn't been tuning in the Impact, uh, Ace Austin is actually coming off a a, a storyline where he was trying to get with Eddie Edwards' wife. So yeah, and then now he's trying Just to make it steal his your move girl, Ace Austin. This is still your girl, as he does himself, the 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 XXX X Division champion, as he as he like to call him. So, uh, yeah, Mr. Ace Austin went from uh Alicia Edwards, uh, to to Trey's mother, and Trey's mother has been appearing on uh Impact programming for like the past, I would say, what, what about two months now, Nate, a month yeah, now. I, I was gonna say, yeah, it's been it's been it's been, it's been pretty uh, solid. It's been yeah, a, she, pretty, she she uh, she solid been, presence on the on the show since she, uh. What the uh, November December? Yeah, she 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 done when they got high in the rascal's house. She 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 didn't <laughs> she didn't did everything. So yeah, and she been at ringside for most of his matches. So it it, it is nothing new. Um, okay, she, here's she, the question yeah. I'm gonna ask you, Andrew, since you are the Jimmy Olsen of the wrestling journalism <laughs> game, you you the cub reporter. Like, is that Trey's shoot mom, or, or is that like a, a plant? Is that a stunt you, mom? You you okay? So you wanna know it's a little 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 bit of breaking news right here. So I'm I, I was actually supposed to interview Ace Austin. Um and me, me and him was supposed to go in and, and, and do something and get get a plan together and hopefully he gets back to me, uh you know a, a, after today. But I actually that was one of the questions I actually asked him because I wanted to know is that Trey's real mother? Like I'm because I'm, I'm I, I seriously don't know and I haven't seen and the the reason I don't think anybody's really talked about it is because as we heard uh Brian Mann earlier in the show. Like I, I don't think speaking, of, speaking of that, where 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 Brian go? Like I even went to go get something to drink. I ain't so, seen him since. Lord knows what Brian. What Brian went on the Brian went to the store and he ain't come back yet. <laughs> so so, so that, that's what Brian is. But like I, like Brian said earlier on the show, I I don't know if people had enough eyes on Impact to even know right about Trey's mom and his his uh maybe mom in this storyline. So. I'm I'm actually curious about that, and if I do have the opportunity to speak with Ace Austin, I would definitely get that question answered. If that's Trey's mom, if if he doesn't try to work me, so <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but I, I will say, like, whether she's his real mom or not, I I, I like what she's brought to the storyline. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think I think she's done a great job. Whoever whoever, whoever this lady is. Yes, who, whoever you are, Mama. <laughs> um, so what what'd you think of this match? Because I, I thought it was you know. X Division matches kind of have a formula, but there's variations on that formula, variations on a the theme. And I thought Ace and, and Trey had some pretty good chemistry here. Yeah, they, they definitely had some good chemistry. The only thing is, I, I feel like the crowd wasn't as invested. Like they weren't emotionally invested in neither of these characters. Like they didn't. They was just like, oh yeah, two dudes fighting, and you know they did some cool moves. And that that's the kind of like the feel I got from the crowd. But just from my perspective, I feel like uh, Ace and Trey, they 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 do have some really good chemistry. They they had some real good exchanges. Both of them had some good strikes. Uh, I I, I really like when Ace Austin does a little the the, the card thing and he swipes the finger. Like I, yep. I don't know why I like that, but I think that's just cool. I'm, 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 like I'm one of those magic like, uh, uh, Trey came out and hit a six one nine, and then turned it into a tope. Like that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they had some real cool exchanges and some real cool moves during this match. Uh, and the finish came with the uh, uh, Ace and Trey fighting, and, and, and uh, Trey went to the top turnbuckle. Ace crotched him, hit a Frankensteiner, and then hit the fold to get the pin and the win. And so Ace Austin retains the X Division title over Trey Miguel. In 12 minutes and 55 seconds. Again, like like you said, I think the only the only thing I would knock this match for, and it's no fault of the performers, is the crowd really wasn't invested into it. And maybe it's yeah. because they they haven't been watching the show. Yeah, they just don't know. Like it's like you know these two dudes feuding. Uh, they going for the title. Uh, maybe it'll be a good match. And then we we did get a little bit of a. 
Ace messing with Trey's mama after the show, and then they had of to course. Trey and Ace had to be separated. So this storyline is is going to continue on the TV. Oh yeah, for sure. And and, and they should we make mention. Um, they I, I, I actually want to get your thoughts about this since I know you are. Uh, you know you're, you're very within impact, not not in the company, of course, ladies and gentlemen. But I mean, like Nate needs a. a, a, a no, don't, don't don't spoil the secret. I'm, I'm waiting that, on my check from Anthem right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but Nate but Nate is a loyal viewer of Impact. Nate, what, what do you think? Um, what, what what this says about Impact? The fact that they're not uh doing a Tampa show during WrestleMania weekend. Instead, they're gonna do the New York City. I think that's real big. Like to step out outside of WrestleMania week and not follow the WrestleMania uh the WrestleMania hype within that city, the specific city that they're in Tampa. Impact's deciding, hey, in April we're gonna be in New York instead of Tampa, Florida. Well, I think that. While there are advantages to doing a show WrestleMania week, you know, that's oh, yeah, for sure. the, the biggest concentration of wrestling fans anywhere all year. Like, and, and so you could say from a financial standpoint, that makes sense. Um, I, I like the idea of them going out and, and trying to establish their own identity, trying to go in their own lane. And New York, for people that remember, you know, the debut on Destination America, those shows were in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the better shows when they were on Pop and Pursuit took place from New York, you know, and I'm thinking back to uh, the big angle where Dixie got powerbombed through the table. Like, that happened in New York. And so the New York shows always seem to draw a pretty decent crowd, or at least, if not a big crowd, a hot crowd. And so I'm hoping that those uh, shows sell well and it comes across on TV. Yeah, for sure. And, and I, I know Impact, uh, I, I know you probably saw the news when they were talking about trying to get some of their old stars to come in for that, you know, that that, that we show. So I, I, I'm, I'm very interested to see how they do now because I know, I, I don't know if people are going to be flying in from Tampa to New York to go do an Impact show or vice versa, you know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm very interested to see how they pivot or if they actually do or, or they actually are able to follow through because I think April 5th is the night before WrestleMania 36, I'm like, right. I believe so. I believe it's the the, the night before WrestleMania I think so, yeah. so yeah, I'm I'm very interested because I know Impact they they sort of Scott Demore hyped up uh, the possibility of bringing in you know some of their former stars. You know, he, I know he name dropped the uh, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe. You know, and maybe maybe may, 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 that was just to generate publicity and get people talking, get you know people like myself writing news about it. But um, I'm I'm pretty sure uh, that they have something in store as far as a um, I mean, well, th- th- this pay per view is called Rebellion, so I mean, he, he called he called AJ AJ hit him with that little Duval. I'm living my best life. Right, I'm like, I ain't going back with you, impact. <laughs> 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 ain't no yeah. way AJ starts showing up. I, I would love it if it happened, but yeah, ain't no it, way. It, 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 it would it would be cool, man. It it, it really would be cool if they were to get some some guys back. But it, it, I, I think it's gonna be people like Magnus, you know, pe- yeah. people like pe- people like that. You know, maybe they get Jeff Jarrett back. You know, just yep. for, well, no, no, that ain't happening. Never mind. I, oh, I, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Right, right, yeah. No, nah, no, nah, that, that ain't happening. That ain't happening. But I, I could see. I could see Magnus, maybe James Storm. Oh, yeah, James Storm for sure. Yeah, names like that. Yeah. Yeah. Those are some good names. So uh, that, that'll be interesting. Uh, what else is interesting is our next match because it is time, Andrew, for the Knockout Championship Triple Threat match with Taya Valkyrie with Johnny Bravo at ringside. Our defending champion taking on Jordan Grace, who uh, waded into the controversy this past weekend, and ODB. So, uh, what what have you made of of the kind of women's division? Because one of the complaints I've heard 
about Tessa Blanchard being so prominent uh, going for the Impact World title is that it somehow has diminished the knockouts division. Uh, do you agree with that? And, and what have you made of kind of the women's division over the past couple months? Honestly, Nate, I think Impact has one of the best women's divisions around. Like, no question about it. I don't think it's up for debate that they have one of the best, if not the best, yeah. women's divisions. You got names like Kiera Hogan, and I'm not regrettingly saying her name, but as of the recent situations, but I'm not going to discredit the performer she is because she is great at what she does. Tessa Blanchard. You got Taya Valkyrie, who I think is a, a fantastic champion. You know, she's a triple-A. Uh, I think she's the Rana de Rana's champion. I think she still is. She's doing some great stuff. Taya, Taya, Taya Valkyrie is, like, one of the most consistent in-ring performers that, that 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 I know. Like, she's very, very consistent in the ring. Um, You got uh, Tennille Dashwood. And I, I don't know. I don't know if she's still – I think she's, like – I, I, don't, I think she said during the interview that she's not signed with them, but she's like on a, you know, like a per show deal right. type thing with them. But she's still part of the women's division, in, in my opinion. And you got a lot of other great names within that. So the Rosemary, you know, I, Madison yeah, Ro- Rain. Rosemary, Havoc. Yeah, man, like, yep, Havoc. Sue Young. They, they have some fantastic names in that women's division. And, you know, adding on ODB, do you kind of agree that, and, and, and not that this is a bad thing, but do you think that, they you know, they, they, had ODB in this match, you know, to further promote the, you know, to help her out with her food truck thing and, you know, that type of stuff. Probably, and and, and it's something that I, I don't have a problem with at all. Yeah, right? exactly. I, don't I have think, a problem. like, at its best, as as a wise person once said recently on Twitter, Andrew, the wrestling industry should support it, so support each other. Like, <laughs> it's all about support, man, and togetherness and unity. I'm and, about to and, quote tweet you in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> like, Nate said he supported me, but he, he cut me off the podcast. Uh, <laughs> But uh, like, like I think that uh, one of the cooler things Impact has done recently, and I guess you could say, you know, bringing ODB in for a few shows is part of that, is they have not been afraid to work with other companies and work with other talents. And like, I think one of the cooler things they've done is the past two Impact Plus shows, they've partnered with uh, with uh, some smaller independent yeah, like, federations. Yeah, like Rise City Wrestling. Yep. Like HOG, yeah, the, the, the Impact. They, the, the the thing, like, and and I've watched Impact over the past four or five months, like on a consistent basis, and they have, they've had like some really good TV. Like, not not even trying to you know boost them up or anything like that, just because we're doing the Impact review. Like, they they've had some like some really consistent television over the yeah. past whatever months, and and not up until the recent news that I think anything was negative like everything was very positive with them but yeah impact has been really consistent as far as storylines um i i just feel like uh the, the reactions to the the first two matches that we talked about i feel like just people just don't know you know what i'm saying what's going on unless you're like an avid watcher of impact or you know yeah. where to watch impact yeah and i think you know you can, again you can even expand that further andrew and, and it's something john and i talk about frequently on, on these uh impact pay-per-view reviews they have been really consistent the past two years with not only Damn. their pay-per-view events, but with TV. And the only issue is, is there an audience for this? Like, obviously, there are people that watch Impact, but is it enough to sustain the company? And more importantly, is it enough to, to grow the company in a wrestling world where we now have not only the main WWE programs, but we've got NXT on USA. We've got AEW on TNT. We've got NWA Power. We got MLW perhaps 
making so moves much wrestling, in, in 2020. ROH now trying to get back into the game. Like, there's so much wrestling. Is there an, an avenue for Impact to gain new viewers? Yeah, and I, I I I think there is an avenue, but like it's very very difficult. Like I I feel like people don't even really tune into MLW like that. I feel like people know. I, like it will. It's like it's like one of these things. I feel like I, I like even like going back again to how Brian mentioned earlier in the show, wherever he is, uh, Lord bless him. But I, I remember he he said that uh, you know you got. AW is on everybody's weekly schedule. NXT mm-hmm. is on everybody's weekly schedule, and I, I think we're all just so programmed for Raw and SmackDown that, that, that that's in our weekly schedule. And then it's I, I, like everything after that is kind of you know what what else do I have time for? Can I right. get up on the A NWA Power? Can I get up on the AEW Dark, which is an hour? Can can can, can I get up on a, a MLW Fusion, which is an hour? Can I get up on Impact, which is two hours? You know and, 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 look, and the answer is no, because like not even just talking wrestling, like. I, I love wrestling, obviously, but I got other stuff that I got to do Man, in my day. Like for, it, for sure. we in the middle of the, we in the middle of the NFL playoffs. I got to watch that. The NBA mm-hmm. is on. I got to watch that. Uh, I, I I be watching them superhero shows on the CW. Man, the Crisis on Infinite Earths. I got to watch that. You know, Watchmen and, you, you, and shows you watch like Manifest? that. No, I don't watch Manifest. Oh my goodness, Nate. Oh, I heard good God. things though. Great things, brother. Great things. But we we we, we gonna talk about that later. We are gonna talk about that later. We we gonna right now we are gonna talk about if Taya Valkyrie can manifest a win in this championship match. It is what a great segue from the one and only Nate Milton, folks. That's that's, that's why Anthem got me on the payroll. <laughs> Gotta be co-opted. Now, the people gonna be calling out my journalism now because they right. who's on the podcast with that impact fella. <laughs> Andrew Thompson is a is a corporate shield. Oh, oh, I gotta stop praising Impact now, man. But yeah, t- but but yeah, t- Taya Valkyrie. Like honestly, Nate, I I think she's having a fantastic run as yeah. Impact champion. Like, I, I right right now, I don't really see anybody that should take the title off. I mean, you can always do the switch with Jordan Grace, of course, but. Ty is doing such a good job and right now. That's man. where I'll go back to the argument about Tessa because I will say, like, the Impact Women's Division, the Knockouts, like you said, it's a stacked roster. And as much as we both uh, dig AW, there is no question who has the better women's division. Oh, it's yeah. Impact and AW. And again, oh, yeah. you could say Impact might even have pound for pound the best women's division of all of the these North American shows right now. The, the, the only one I would just not even to cut you up, but the only one I would put up against Impact that that I would say would have a hard time uh, that that Impact would have a hard time competing against is NXT's. Like NXT's women's division is ridiculous. Like the amount of talent within that division and and and, and diversity within that division is, is is crazy. And so, get back to the knockouts. I think if you want to make the argument that losing Tessa from this division has hurt it in the sense of there's nobody really hot enough to take the belt off of, of Taya right now, I think that's where you can make that argument. Yeah, yeah. But 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 do do we really need to take the Taya, the belt off Taya at this point? I mean, because you you know, well, I, 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 of course I think you know Taya is going to eventually do whatever she wants to do. But let's say you take the belt off and just for conversation's sake. I'm pretty sure Ty would get an offer from WWE or she would get an offer from AEW. Um, the, the the thing with that Impact has with her is is trust because they built this lineage with her as far as her Impact title reign goes. So Taya can know for sure with Impact that she knows where she's going to go. She knows who she's going to be at creatively opposed to going to a WWE where, you know, it's either 
you know, you want to sink or swim like in there, or you go to AEW where they're still trying to figure out their women's division. So I, I think with Impact, they, they have the upper hand on, on any of those that they even were to take the title off uh, Taya because they because she knows where she stands with them. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, so what did you think about this match, Andrew? This triple threat between Taya, Jordan Grace, and and ODB for the title. I actually think it was a good match. I think it was, you know, it was good for what it was. Uh, oh, oh, I think ODB really played her role well in this match. Like she, 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 she wasn't too all. She wasn't like too all over the place to try to make like that. They try to how they used to present her character. I would say like she was in the mix. You know, she was there for her spots. She, she did a good job. She bumped real, real well. Like I was some of some of the stuff she was doing. I was like, God damn. Like I, I, I see, I see you ODB. She getting it. And and but yeah, uh, Jordan Grace, top notch. Top-notch wrestler, uh, Taya Valkyrie, uh, very, very, very talented individual. Um, I, I think this match was was good for what it was, and of course, our boy Johnny Johnny Bravo with the uh, yeah. the the Moon Man pants on the outside. So, you know, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think Johnny Bravo, and he played into the finish because uh, Jordan hit the Grace Driver, oh, yeah, and man. was going for the pin, and Johnny Bravo distracted the referee, and then grabbed Dude. Jordan's leg, and uh, and that yeah. allowed Taya to steal the pin. Nate, I love this finish, dude. Like, so like for not, like I, we do. Like, I cannot tell you how many times that we just as wrestling fans see the, you know, the 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 the, the f word finishes. I don't want curse in the pod. You know how many times we see these finishes, man. Like, and it's always something like something we already seen. Like, th- th- this was a cool, like, little original thing. Like, not not, not original, but like it it was cool to see. Like, it was, it was know, a twist the, on yeah. on something that you know. Exactly, like the referee had his back turned, and then he made sure to, you know, grab Jordan Grace and hold the leg back, and then that sets up the the rematch at Rebellion, I think, or they or they take or, or they take the title off Ty at the TV taping or that they're about to do. Yeah, I, I thought it was a, as a well. Uh, paced match. It went 11 minutes, 37 seconds. Tyre retained the title. And yeah, it's not time to take the belt off her yet. I think that, you know, the the, the division, like you said, is so stacked. We can wait a while and, and let things percolate for a bit and, and see who kind of bubbles up. Uh, but I do think eventually Jordan will get it. It's just not, not there yet. Yeah, it's not now. I agree. Uh, let's see. Up next on the list, oh, it's this might be other than uh, you know the main matches. This might be my favorite segment of the program because because <laughs> we got my man Rob Van Dam, the whole effing show, coming out here acting like Lou Williams uh, from the NBA because he got a girlfriend, right? But then his girlfriend oh, got a girlfriend, goodness, and this... so Rob Van Dam coming out like like what do you think of this this heel Rob Van Dam? Now <laughs> that we've had a, a a few weeks to to kind of uh, witness it. They, I don't know about you, man, but I love this all. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I, I, like, look, I, I, I get the other side. Like, you know, what I'm saying, like, you, you, you know, w- w- women's wrestling has come such a long way. You know, what I'm saying, like, from, from, from those days. But like, <laughs> this is hilarious, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like this, this RVD thing, like the stuff he, it, it, like, it's not like that's some random girl. That's his actual girlfriend. Like he, he's with her. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that, that's that's his lady. He's, he's with both of them. <laughs> he's with both of them. Like you know, so like. Like, I found RVD now so much more entertaining than when he just came back as like one of those legends that he was doing the Impact a year ago. Like he was so bland, bro. Like coming out doing the the RVD stuff. Like you know that that's all cool and fun, but like after a while that gets boring. You you, you introduce him now and you have his 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 supermodel lady. 
who's obviously way younger than him. RVD's like a 49, 15 year old man. He got this this lady slobbing all over him, tonguing him down on the promos. Like he he, he just being an a hole to everybody. Yeah. Th- th- thinking thinking he the stuff, which he is, because he got every right to feel like that in character. You know what I'm saying? So I I I feel like this is one of the best versions of RVD. Like I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying this. And character. It, is, like, it makes sense like that the character the, like the RVD character that started in ECW. Like that cocky dude that that went through the WWE and and he's been through Impact a couple times and been back to the WWE and now he's back in Impact and he feels like he's the biggest star on this show. It makes sense for him to be this cocky <laughs> aging star rather than trying to force this dude to do the same thing he's been doing for over twenty years. Yeah, I hundred percent agree, man. But like, I, I'm I, I just keep laughing like. Like at the idea of Rob, like and, and Katie Falls, man, like it, 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 it's funny to me, man. Like it, it, it really is entertaining. And like he, hearing Don Callis and Josh Matthews call, <laughs> call this, like as they go into the ring, was was killing me, man. Like I remember when they got in the ring, when she was about to get in the ring, uh, Don Callis was like, man, you know she's a great dancer, and um, and he, and he stopped himself before he said something stupid. I'm sure he was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I was just dying <laughs> laughing the whole time, man. Like, this, this was great. And, and yeah, like, credit to Katie Forbes, too, because I think she really plays her part well. Definitely. The, I, credit to her as well, because she, I think she's doing, like, a real great job with Rob. Like, she talking trash, doing the matches. You you, you ain't going to hurt my man and all this other stuff. Like, she, she's hilarious, bro. And, and, and big ups to her for being comfortable enough to go out there, yeah. and, you know what I'm saying, with all these dudes looking at her, checking her out and stuff like that. I know, I know that probably get weird sometimes, but... You know what I'm saying? Like she, she doing a great job. Yeah, uh, and so we got RVD with uh, Katie Forbes taking on Brian Cage and all elite wrestling Brian Cage. All elite wrestling Brian Cage, and uh, basically we don't even get a match because RVD uh, jumps Brian Cage from from the get go and works works him outside. Uh, Katie, like he said, gets involved at one point. She puts a chair on Brian Cage's face, and then RVD hits the Van Terminator, uh, and then uh, basically. Uh, because of the Van Terminator, uh, Brian Cage gets busted open. And yeah. so then, uh, like, the ref's like, hold on, hold on. Daga comes in, and he, he checks on Brian Cage. And, you know, the refs are in the ring. And then RVD jumps Daga from behind, so they throw out the Brian Cage match. So before we get to the Daga part of the RVD thing, what did you make of the Brian Cage thing before you knew about the AEW signing and then after you found out about the AEW signing? So I... I mean, if, if this was their impact's way to write him off, I mean, I, I think they did him, you know, they they, they they did him solid. You know, they didn't have him lose. I mean, the match went to a no contest. I, I mean, that's what it says on, on Impact's website and on, you know, Wikipedia, which is not the most reliable place. But, you know, we get we, 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 we get it how we get it, Nate. Um, but, yeah, I, if this was Impact's way of writing Brad Cage off. You know, I think they did it re- respectfully, I guess. Uh even though they didn't have to, you know, I, it, it wasn't anything like how they, you know, how they did for Santana and Ortiz, gave him a big yeah. parade and stuff yeah, like they that. Yeah, they've done, they've done a good job of kind of ushering guys and girls out the door, right? And not not, not, not burning a bridge, right? Yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, and, I, and, I, and I as to, a, like if this were Impact, maybe five or ten years ago, oh, they yeah. totally would would have disrespected them. Oh yeah, totally. 
I, I, I 100% agree. But yeah, I, I, I was super shocked um, when the news first broke from SoCal and Sensor when they reported that Brian K signed a new deal with All Elite Wrestling. Like that, I, I, people don't realize like that that happened like what maybe 30, 40 minutes yeah. after Brian Cage's match. Like that was yeah, so sudden. Yeah, it broke. I think during the main event. Yeah, exactly. Like I was like, God damn! Like the match just just ended. Like and now they signed with All Elite yeah. Wrestling. So I mean. You, you you know if if I was Impact and I'm I'm pretty sure he yeah you ever seen any given Sunday? No, nah, I haven't seen that. Okay, well, spoiler alert for any given Sunday. Lawrence Taylor plays this linebacker, right? And there's the whole theme of his character is he's had uh, too many concussions and and they're worried like he can't take another big hit because he might end up paralyzed. But he's like, I got to stay on the field because I need to hit my bonuses and and I need to get this big contract. And so at the end of the movie, he's, you know, playing when he shouldn't shouldn't be playing, makes this big tackle and has to get carted off the field. And everybody thinks he's paralyzed. And they're like, Shark, that's his name in the movie. They're like, Shark, you okay? Shark, you all right? Shark, how you feel? And then Lawrence Taylor finally opens up his eyes and his face is all busted up. He's like, how do I feel? Like a million dollars. And that's how I'm thinking <laughs> Brian Cage is walking out of the arena. They're like looking at his face all busted up. Brian, how you feel? How you feeling? He's thinking about that AEW contract like a million dollars. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure Brian Cage got him a, a nice little piece of change from AEW. And then this is like we said at the top of the show. It's a, it's a good next step for Brian Cage because I think AEW to me makes more sense than ROH or even going to like oh, NXT boy. or WWE. Hey, Nate. We, we 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 might have a problem, brother. Oh, we might have a problem. So M- Melissa Santos, oh boy, she took to Twitter on the and commented on the uh, the SoCal Uncensored report. She said, "Then I quote, really, how can you confirm something that isn't true? I'm his wife, and I can confirm he hasn't signed on any dotted line." Oh boy, <laughs> as Outcast will say, and the plot thickens, <laughs> and it gives me the Dickens, reminiscing of Charles. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh, wrestling Twitter, you 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 gotta love it, man. I mean, you love I mean, to but, see. I mean, but is this the first time we've seen a wrestler say? I mean, a reported a wrestler sign, and then right. somebody close to them comes out and denied. And we were you talking know, about it off air, so you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> there's yeah, always just, you always have to take like. And again, this is no disrespect to the people at SoCal because obviously they do and they do diligence. But in the wrestling world, like that's that's part of the game is that the performers are gonna try to put one over on you right yeah 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 100 man so ho- ho- hopefully we do end up seeing brian cage but i mean just, just going off of what we saw on this show yes you could go to a, a brian cage rvd program but to me it just makes like what else does he have to prove nothing i mean because he he would he do impact as the division champion in yep. one like his first couple of months Impact World Champion a year later, like I don't think it's really nothing else for him to prove. Like he he go had go all get the, that bag, Brian Cage. Yeah, go, go go get it, man. Like it, I don't really think it was nothing else left for him to do. Like, what you gonna put him in a tag team, make sure tag team, like it's <laughs> on, 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 on on to the next step. And I think AEW is a great step for him. If if yeah. if, if you know if if you know yeah. we we don't have that confirmed yet. <laughs> uh, but again, that that Brian Cage no contest led to a match between a quick match between uh. RVD and Daga, and uh, you know basically RVD took the lead for most of this match. Uh, Katie gets involved in the finish by grabbing Daga's foot. RVD hits the Rolling Thunder, five star frog splash, 
And that's that's all she wrote. RVD defeats Daga in four minutes and 11 seconds. So all together, what did you make of this Rob Van Dam portion of the show? Because I, I really liked it in terms of advancing Rob's character. I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying everything RVD right now. Uh, you know, I, I you know I as as far as the Daga thing goes, I I, I don't really know what impact is doing with him right now. I feel like he's just kind of like a floater. So I I, I think I mean, that's given weird. what happened this weekend, that 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 that, uh, that uh, pathway might become a little more treacherous. We'll see. Yeah, we we'll be gonna see. Given, or he might, his associations, or or, <laughs> or or he might get the rocket strap. You never know. <laughs> you, know you, you know, you never know what can happen. Dog Dog gonna be the the X division champion or the the you know gonna be main event rebellion with Tessa mm-hmm. for the Impact World Title. I mean you, but uh yeah, I mean. I'm 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 just enjoying Rob and Dan with Katie Forbes, and then you know, of course, they brought in Rob's uh Rob's other friend. So his, you know, even, they, his even younger girlfriend, and his even younger girlfriend, when Rob, who Rob told the cameras, uh, you will enjoy Jessica. I think was her name. So yeah, so yeah, Rob, Rob is hilarious, man. Like the 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 stuff he's doing, as you said, Nate, it's it's far more entertaining than him just coming back, throwing up the RBD symbol yeah. and trying to recreate the past. Yeah, I I really like this RBD. Uh, and so, uh, you know, you think RVD, you know, to to be able to acquire the affections of uh, those two women, he had to shoot a shot. And that's going to lead us to the shoot your shot trophy match. It's actually the, the, the call your shot match. But I, I, I wish they would have gone with shoot your shot. It just sounds better. <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, but uh, the the match that Nate is referring to, of course, is Michael Elgin versus Eddie Elwes. Yeah. Nate, I was not expecting this match to be as good as it was. I'm not gonna lie to you. This match was a banger, especially the look, final stretch. I look. I mean, I, I I get it. It's only 12 days into the new year, but this this is a match of the year candidate for me right now. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it, it's up there. And then we had another one today. Uh, I don't know if you saw NXT UK take over Blackpool too, but uh. Tony nah, Stone. I, I, I was asleep, brother. <laughs> the, the, but yeah, that, that came. We, we had a we had a couple great matches already, man. We had Osprey and Hiromu, and we had uh, the, the the women's triple threat at Takeover uh, Blackpool. Okay. With, yeah, it, it, it was it was some good stuff. But yeah, this is definitely up there so far. I mean, so far, man, this is a it was a real good one. It was surprising one at that. Like, I think those turned out to be the best matches, the matches that you don't think are going to be good, yeah. and they actually turned out to be good. Yeah, because they gave and they gave these guys a lot of time. They gave them twenty minutes, uh, and again, like I, you know, Eddie Edwards is a good worker. You know, Michael Elgin is a good worker, but I was not expecting them to mesh so well. And it was, again, like Elgin, I think is in the perfect position because I, I you know, he's somebody who's had some issues in his past, and so I don't think that there are certain companies that I don't think he works in, but he works in Impact as this big physical hard-hitting dude we saw that uh last year in the uh, mara fuji match and i thought that mm-hmm. this was every bit as good as the mara fuji match if not better yeah i i, I do think this is better than the mara fuji match I, I i feel like with that match that you're referring to and that happened at bound for glory correct yep that was at bound for glory i i, I think with uh ilgan and mara fuji i think they were trying to still get the feel on each other because that was the first time they ever wrestled but it's, it's, it's with this um Elgin and Eddie Edwards, like I know they've done this match on Impact TV at least three or four times, so I, I know him and Eddie know each other well. And I feel like them going out and having the opportunity to perform live on pay per view, you know, just added to you know their pursuit of wanting to have a great match. Mm. 
Uh, so like we we're not gonna go like I said at the top. We're not gonna go hold for hold through this match. But I I think what I really liked was the way they combined like the intensity with the technicality of this match. Yeah, I, the, the the thing is that I really liked about this match specifically was they just beat the hell out of each other. Like, <laughs> it, that, 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 and that's what it was. Like, it was hard. Well, yeah. well, the thing is, like, they beat the hell out of each other, but it was like, it wasn't like just some random brawl. Like, oh, there yeah, was yeah, psychology yeah, yeah. and there oh, was yeah. there was technique to it. And, and that's, like, I like that they took what could have easily been just a, a standard beat-em-up match and they turned mm-hmm. it into something that was so much more. Yeah, they, they, they definitely did. I do, I do agree with you on that on that point. Uh, the the finish came with uh, Elgin and Elgin going for you know he hit the buckle bomb and then or he was going for the buckle bomb I know he hit the buckle bomb yeah he did I'm reading my notes wrong yeah <laughs> Elgin hit the buckle bomb and then Eddie countered the Elgin bomb into a pin for the win so Eddie Edwards retained his call your shot trophy defeating. Uh, Michael Elgin in, like I said, 19 minutes and 53 seconds. So what do you think is next for Eddie, Eddie Edwards? Obviously he's got the call your shot uh, deal. Do, do, how far do you, I mean, how long do you think it is until we see Eddie in the, in the main event picture in the title picture? You, you want to know what, Nate? I got a prediction for you. I don't even think Ellie Childs is Tessa Blanchard. I think he goes and finishes things all with Ace Austin, and then he takes mm-hmm. the exhibition title from Ace at Rebellion. Okay. I think I think that's the way it goes to finish that and whole storyline off. You know, with, with option C, he can challenge Tessa down the road, maybe at Bound for Glory. Yep, yep. And, and for people who don't, who don't know what, uh, what I'm referring to, like we mentioned earlier, um, Ace Austin was uh, trying to get with Eddie Edwards' wife, and they had a few for a while, and, uh, you know, once that few wrapped up, Ace went and captured the, the, the exhibition mm-hmm. title. So now uh, Eddie Edwards had the opportunity to challenge for any title of his choosing, and I think it would just be you know a full story for Eddie to take the X Vision title off of um, you know Ace, and I, I think it has good reason uh, instead of you know because I know people would be like, well, why wouldn't you challenge for the world title if you had an opportunity? Well, I mean, Eddie's character is kind of a crazy dude, and yeah. what, 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 what is what, what would he Eddie Edwards the character prefer to do? Go finish mm-hmm. off some beef that he didn't finish, or? Go out to Tessa Blanchard, who's the world champion. I think Eddie Edwards would go finish off Ace Austin before anything. And again, you know, with option C, that gives you the the option, no pun intended, to take that title win and parlay it into a title match down the road with Tessa, if, if that's where you want to go. So I think all the way around, uh, I, I agree with you. Eddie and Ace would be the direction I'd go for him. Yeah. Uh, next up. From that, we go from that hard hitting match to a a, a match of some uh, some hosses, if you will, with uh, Moose and Rhino. This is our uh, our uh, National Geographic, the Nat Geo match of the night. Uh, <laughs> no, no DQ between Moose and Rhino. Oh, uh, what, what, what what have you made of uh, Moose and Rhino's interaction so far on Impact? Forced. Mm. <laughs> like I'm 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 not. Uh... I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it a step further. You say forced. I'm, and this is no disrespect to Rhino because I do think, much like Ken Shamrock and Rob Van Dam and some of these older stars, there's a place for him on the card. But oh, I don't yeah. think his place is with Moose. I think this is honestly Moose just kind of treading water. It's 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 a waste of Moose's time. I think. Yeah, I mean, like, are they doing this thing where like Moose just picks up a win over old all the veterans? Because did 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 he lose or beat RVD at Slammiversary? I think he lost, right? Lost the RVD. He might have lost. I know he, he beat Shamrock. Yeah, he beat Shamrock and he he beat Rhino now. So like they they just doing this thing where like Moose 
like runs through all the old dudes on the roster. Like the, the, again, for anybody who hasn't been uh, catching up with, with with the impact on on, on access, they they've actually been doing some like real funny stuff with moves like yeah, vignette wise. Like, like 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 they they have him like go to like basketball courts or like here he, like you you know just mess around with the dudes on the court like talking trash to him. But like this stuff is hilarious, man. Like it's gold. But yeah, I, I feel like they. You know what I would have liked? Because cause here's the thing, right? Moose is a heel, but he's an, he's a really entertaining heel. Yeah, he is. I would have liked yeah. it given you know given the knowledge that uh, Rich Swan was unavailable, and that's something we could talk about here in a second, Andrew. I would have liked it if Willie Mack was like, hey, hey, dog, you and I don't see eye to eye, but I need a partner, and I know you wouldn't mind having some gold. I think Willie Mack and Moose would be a fun little tag team for a while, and that'd be yeah. better than Moose and Rhino. That, that that would be a good dynamic, just because Willie Mack is the is the good guy, and then Moose is you know the 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 prick, I guess the yeah. the a hole, and he'd be bossing around Willie Mack. I, I think that would actually be a real good dynamic. But yeah, it'd be like, the, it'd be like and again to to use a a movie that that is soon to be in theaters. You've got like the the smooth kind of of Dick, uh, in, in Moose he can be Mike Lowry, and then you got like the the lovable <laughs> kind of funny dude, uh, Marcus. Uh, and that can be Willie Mack. So you got you got bad boys. What you gonna do? <laughs> oh my goodness, man! So uh, getting back to Moose and Rhino, uh, uh, Rhino was going for the spear. Moose moved the referee into the way, and Rhino speared the ref and Moose through the table. Got a near fall. Moose low blowed Rhino, and then speared Rhino for the pin. And Moose defeated Rhino in 13 minutes in a no DQ match that. Again, it wasn't a bad match, but I just didn't care. Uh, the next match, we, we got a couple matches left. The next match was for the Impact World Tag Team Championship. Your champions, the North, taking on Willie Mack. It was supposed to be Willie Mack and Rich Swan, but I guess apparently, Andrew, which Rich Swan was injured and couldn't compete. Yeah, he 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 legit got injured at the uh, the bash the brewery show that Impact did uh, over the weekend. Like that, that was legit. That wasn't like a storyline thing. He really did get hurt. Um. You know, I think. <clears throat> excuse me. I, th- I think Rich still wanted to compete, but they they wouldn't let him compete, which is good on Impact. You know, don't don't let him go out there and further hurt himself. Don't don't let don't let him get that that wrestler's mentality uh, end up getting them you know hurt even more. So good on them. And I I, I think from you know from from what I saw from the match, you know, w- Willie Mack was able to hold his own in that handicap match. Yeah, it was really impressive. You know, you had the North uh, Ethan Page and Josh Alexander take it. It was basically a handicap match with Willie Mack and. You know they were they were double teaming them. They they worked them on the on the outside for a little bit, uh, and then you know Mac fired up and, and had some really cool moves in the comeback. He had a running boot to the corner and exploder suplex on Josh for a two count, uh, and then like in what is going to be one of the most gift spots from tonight's show, I think uh, the North were going for this double team move. So they put Willie Mac uh, on the top turnbuckle. And uh, Josh was on Ethan Page's shoulders, and Willie Mack hit a super duper Canadian destroyer off the top rope. Mr. Willie Mack is definitely one of the top performers out there for sure. I I, I don't think Willie Mack really gets the credit. No, you know that 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 he's due. Um, you know he he he's from like that 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 lucha underground. Umbrella, yeah. where people discovered him, 
like that because that's what I did. That's honestly what I discovered. Willie Mac was Lucha Underground, and I was like, "Damn, this dude is really good." You know, he's been saying? doing like, it for a while. And he's been doing it for a while, exactly. So yeah, I I, I feel like, you know, so so let me ask you this, Nate: If if, if Rich Swan hadn't got injured, do you think they would have made the switch, or you think they'd have kept going with the North? I think they probably would have kept it going. Um, yeah. I would have I would have made the switch though, because I even though like I, I don't have any problem with the North, I think they're a really good tag team. I think just to maybe freshen up the division a bit, I would have given Willie Mack and Rich Swan a run with the titles because they're both really entertaining and they they work really well in ring together. Yeah, yeah, they 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 do work really well together. I think um, you know, the, the, Rich Swan and Willie Mack. I feel like they they play off of each other really well, and and, and the thing is, I feel like the, the some of the teams they they work so good when they're actually cool in real life, you know what I'm saying? And, and I I think that's why the North are so good because I know Ethan Page and Josh Alexander are cool in real life, and I think that's why they work so well as a team. Yeah. And I, I think it's the same thing with Willie Mack and Swan. And and again, to Willie Mack's credit, uh, excuse me, Rich Swan's credit, like. Obviously, he had a bigger stage in the WWE, but they have done so much more with his character here in Impact. Like even going back to the feud with OVE and like some of the really good vignettes they did with him and Sammy Callahan. Like we we've learned so much about this Rich Swan character in Impact. When in WWE, all we knew about the brother was he's outrageous. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely. That that was kind of like the gist of Rich Swan and WWE. I mean, they, to 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 be fair, you know, they gave him the cruiserweight title reign. You know, they 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 told the story, but I, you know, I. I mean, the story was he's an outrageous champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they they, they did, but but I mean, like as far as like again, um, going back to for those that haven't heard the debut episode of the Nubian Wrestling Advocates, which Andrew was a part of. Uh, again, they're they're I've amended my my uh my five types of black wrestlers in the WWE I've amended it to four so again for those that didn't listen you've got uh, angry black man you've got happy go lucky negro you've got old school stereotypes which is <laughs> pimps savages oh my goodness uh, this is hilarious <laughs> pimps savages uh, and just random assorted thieves uh, jive soul bros if you will and then you've got new school stereotypes which are like the conceited athlete uh, and the my, my favorite and I know Andrew's favorite athletic black dude with no backstory that that was I, I, I lied to you now that was probably one of the funniest moments doing a podcast and I, know, I, I know somebody sitting out there like oh Nate come on man you always talking about race those aren't true <laughs> think about it right now athletic those, dude those with no back, backstory true. in the WWE <laughs> Cedric Alexander, Ricochet, uh, uh, Apollo Crews. Oh my goodness, the, the, those are definitely out of all the ones Shelton you named. Out of all the ones you named, that one definitely holds the most weight. The, the athletic black, <laughs> no background. Like, what do we know about him? Oh He's a hell of an athlete. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, like it is ridiculous, bro. Oh my god. <laughs> But yeah, so I, I will give credit to Impact Man because like Rich Swan's character on this show has been so refreshing to see them like getting allowing him to do different stuff and 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 really showcase all of what he can do. Like he's he's more than just you know flashy moves in the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rich Swan, Rich Swan really is one of the one of the best wrestlers out there on this on the scene right now. So yeah, big 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 ups to Swan. You know, for I'm, I'm pretty sure he wanted to 
you know, get back out there and have this match in the pay-per-view, you know, because Impact, yeah. they, they, they run live every other every couple months. So I'm pretty sure, you know, it probably hurt him to miss this, but it, it is better for him to, you know, miss out and risk getting yeah. well, worsening his injury, you know, and then uh, opposed to, you know, just coming back for this one night. And, and the finish of this match obviously, you know, leaves it open that, yeah, if Willie Mack was able to give him a run for their money just by himself, that when Rich heals up, you know, they, they can they can run it back. Mm. Uh, and that leads us to the main event of the evening. And I got to say, like, I was anticipating this match before all the, all the controversy blew up this weekend, Andrew. But I have to say, Given Man. all the controversy, I was so much more intrigued in what they were going to do with this match. Was it going to go last? Was Tessa going to go over? Was Tessa going to be the heel? Was was Sammy going to switch to babyface? Like, I was so intrigued with how they were going to pull this match off. And I got to say, man, they did a hell of a job. You know, you can say whatever you want to say about Tessa outside the ring, but her and Sammy did an amazing job in this match, I thought. Nate, I'm not, I'm not even going to lie to you, man. Like, I, I became disinterested, un, uninterested. I just I said this, and uninterested in this match, like because I, because I, I truly wanted to see the 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 outcome. Like I, I, that's all that's all I was focused on. I wasn't necessarily focused on the match. I was more so focused on are they going to put the world title on? Are they going to go through with the finish? Like that that was more my mindset going into it. But from the moments that I was locked in on the match, it was it was it was a good match. I'm not gonna say it wasn't. It was a good match. Um, Yo, great. when did Tessa Blanchard turn into Kenny Omega? Because she was throwing them them the magnums, the her version of the code breaker, like Kenny throws the V trigger. Yeah, Tessa was making her making her way around Sammy. Like the the uh you know, I, I know they clashed before that they had a match at Slammiversary last yeah. year. I believe it was like that was a really good one, uh, main event worthy match. And you know, they went out and and did it again. I I, I feel like uh, Sammy Callahan doesn't get uh, like a, a, enough credit, I no, guess, for the, for the role that he plays in in these situations. Because pe- people like to hate Sammy Callahan, and a lot and a lot of people have their reasons why they hate him. And some of them are in character reasons, some are out of character reasons. And I'm pretty sure we all know. So I mean, you know, I I I don't think he gets the 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 just do, uh, no. for the for the role that he plays as far as being a a bad guy in these scenarios. And he's been like the top heel in the company for the better part of the last two years. Like every major babyface feud, whether you're talking about Rich Swan, whether you're talking about Eddie Edwards, whether you're talking about OVE versus uh, LAX. Uh, and now the Tessa Blanchard feud, the Brian Cage feud, like every major feud over the past two years in Impact has had Sammy Callahan involved with it in, in one way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah, like for 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 the most part of uh, like the the most part of the, like what the last two years, Sammy yeah, Callahan has been like the from the beginning of 2018 to the beginning of 2020. Yeah. Sammy Callahan's been the the He's one been top hill. Yeah, and, 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 and it's, it's, again, a testament not only to Sammy, but to the people in charge, you know, Callis and Demore and, and their crew, because he hasn't won all of these matches. You know, he's lost his fair share of these matches, to be, to be quite honest, but it never made you feel like Sammy was less of a villain because they, they found a way to keep him strong, even in defeat. Yeah, he, the, the thing is with Sammy, like, he he's been a great antagonist in these stories, like really good. And I and I feel like him having OVE as that like that outlier always keeps him fresh. Like, cause with 
Matt, with the addition of Matt Fulton, I feel like it, it adds that extra layer to the group as a whole. Oh, really? of, Hold on, it, Andrew. It just occurred to me when you brought up the addition of Madman Fulton. Has Impact found a way to actually make the Wyatt family work in a way that the WWE couldn't? Uh, the, 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 so, with, with the, the Wyatt like, family were cool and they had this great image, but when it came to booking the matches and keeping Bray strong, I feel like they struggled with that. Yeah. See, see, the thing with the Wyatt family is I, I feel like WWE, they did well of presenting them, really well presenting them, and even, even introducing Braun Strowman to the fray. Like, I feel like they did really well with that. But the thing was, I feel like with WWE, they put themselves in a situation where they didn't think maybe that Bray Wyatt would become as popular as he did. And it, it was to the point where people wanted him to be WWE champion around that time when he was, you know, in the mix with the Shield but they never did it. They never went that way until a couple of years later when, you know, it kind of got dry and fizzled out. So I, I, I feel like that's one of the things where WWE just messed up at. You know, they they, they, they don't strike by the iron is hot sometimes. And not all the times that's good, but I feel like sometimes they kind of miss with that real bad. But see, with Impact, when they introduced Madman Fulton, that added that extra, uh, that extra force to the group. And it wasn't long after where Sammy Callahan became world champion, or he was in the contention for world champ for the world title, and he, even going back to 2018 when he was feuding with uh with Pentagon Junior, and they yeah, had, that, they that had, was a hell of a feud. I forgot about had, that one too. The Lucha Brothers. They had a hell of a match at Slammiversary that year. Yeah. Like that, that that was one of the best pay per views of the year in my opinion. That 2018 yep. Slammiversary card, but yeah, it, even with him in Impact, like the way Sammy was able to convey his his this his dislike his hatred of, of Pentagon Junior. Uh, e- e- even with the, the and, and on our Pentagon side, e- even for them to get the crowd that invested when the two have um, that language barrier, and even they were they they were just able to communicate mm-hmm. the way the amount the way that they did not like each other just from how they interacted in the ring. Yeah, that, that's one thing that comes across with Sammy is just the intensity and and kind of the disrespect he has for his opponent, and I love like through the course of this match. Him and Tessa just kind of jawjacking with each other and and dropping f bombs. I'm glad they didn't drop n bombs. They were dro- <laughs> they was dropping the the the, the uh, uh, allowable bombs. They were dropping f bombs at each other, and it made it feel like yeah, like this guy really wants to beat up this woman, and this woman on the other hand really wants to prove herself and, and vanquish this foe. And so I know a lot of fans have had issues and and have had hand wringing and hemmed and hawing about the intergender stuff, but I think the way Impact has told this story for the better part of a year, they've handled it with just about as as much respect and believability as I think you could. Yeah, they they they, they really did. And, and and as far as um so we're going back to the Sammy Callahan thing, what I think that people like so I, I think people really do enjoy hating the character Sammy Callahan, yeah, because it, cause it's a it's a good time to see him get beat because you know the way he acts and the, the spitting on people and all that type of crazy <laughs> stuff that 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 nonsense that he does. I don't I don't know how people are cool with that, but that, that's a whole. Yo, that would have been a, yeah. yo. That, that's that's the one thing I was missing. Like if Sammy really wanted to be meta, the first thing he should have done was spit spit on Tessa. Yeah, man. The, <laughs> the, I, I I cannot tell you, and, and not not even that. Sammy's spitting on his damn so like when he spit up in the end, like he like oh, yeah, holds yeah. his face up so he can like. 
dude, 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 he, he on something else. Like I, I even remember like just going back to uh, I think it was the 2017 World Tag League tournament. He was teaming with uh, with Juice Robinson, and they was at Corkew Hall, and and, and and Sammy kissed Juice on the lips, and I was like, oh boy, I don't know how that's gonna go over, player. Like I don't, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know how the pe- people gonna react to that. But 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 actually, the people they reacted really good to it, which surprised mm-hmm. the hell out of me. Uh, the, the crowd reaction really like real it, when you it. see a performer actually like commit to something it, it it makes the performance just stand out that much more yeah definitely i agree with you man so yeah this was this was a hell of a match they gave them uh how long do you think this went andrew about 20 minutes yeah, maybe yeah. longer yeah, it, it, it was a, it was a good time for a main event match. You know, I, I always think the main event match should get the the most minutes out of all let the me, matches let me hit on the that card. Wiki real quick, while you talk yeah, about it, so I get the official time. It, it, it was closing in on twenty four minutes, closing in on twenty four. Right right around the corner from twenty four minutes before the before they hit the three count. Okay, okay, yeah, but they man they they did a good job of bringing the intensity to this fight, and uh, I, I think that. Like the near falls worked really well. The the you know, like I said, Tessa was going crazy with the damn magnums. Like like she was going hitting the magnums like it was going out of style. Uh, the the near falls were believable. Just kind of the intensity in this match, uh, and it ended with uh, you know we didn't get the spit spot at the beginning of the match. We got it at the end of the match where Sammy spit on Tessa, gave it a middle finger, and then Tessa. Uh, hit the uh, Canadian Destroyer, followed by uh, Buzzsaw DDT. And Tessa finally climbed the mountain. Tessa finally vanquished Sammy Callahan, becoming the first female Impact Wrestling World Champion at 23 minutes, 49 seconds. And to my knowledge, the first major champion uh, of a male promotion not to be a male. Yeah, man. Like, the it, it it really is like a massive feat like this is like something huge but like just with everything going on mm-hmm. that happened in the past day or two like it, it really really took away from tessa's big moment you know yeah, what I'm saying? this, like this should have been a a a hundred percent feel good moment where i feel yeah, like it was hundred percent man and like, and like you know we talked about it before like when you're talking about the reaction from a lot of the female wrestling fans, um, mm. you know, particularly on social media, like I think that yes, that it it is a moment that yeah, if, if you're a a female fan that has been underserved for so long, and and I kind of relate this to the way you and I and so many of our peers felt when Kofi finally won the world Man. title last year at WrestleMania. Like I Man. I get why this is a feel good moment for them, but you do have to acknowledge the incident that happened on Saturday with with the receipts kind of being brought back on Tessa. Exactly. Like that, that, that was kind of my whole point was I, I, I get it. Like, dude, this is a, a massive thing for Tessa Blanchard, like a massive thing for women in general in professional wrestling. Like this is a milestone that probably may not happen again. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like this is a major promotion in in North America and they, they just crowned a, a woman as their world champion, you know? So that, that's a massive feat. But, the thing that I noticed was I see a lot of people defending the 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 the, the racial aspect of it, like the racial aspect of her comments. Um, it's like in in defense for you know this big moment that she's having. Like, well, well, well let's not take away from Tessa's big moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, what do you mean? Let's not take away. She she 
you 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 can't. Well, I, I'm, I'm gonna just keep it keep keep it short because I know we already talked about it, but I know you 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 know this, Nate, just from you know just from life in general. Whatever you do in the dark is always gonna eventually come to the light in some way, and it, and it, and it might not always come on like immediately, but it's gonna come, and it's gonna come hard when 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 it does happen. So you know, just for Tessa Blanchard, like. But he, 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 I know me and you talked about this, Nate, off the air. Like before that whole situation came out, I'm 100% behind Tessa Blanchard. I'm like, yep. hell yeah, put the world title on him, man. Get that title off Sammy. You know, you got to make this. It's a, it's a big moment, man. It's a history making moment. And then when that happened, uh, I was like, when all the stuff came out, and I found out that she, you know, used the N word against the against the young lady in Japan. I was like, uh, like you, you, you know, the, I mean, and, and it's. I know people use the, the 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 notion that you know we should be able to separate real life from the mm-hmm. character, but I mean yeah, in 2020, 2019, whatever, like I I don't really think that's necessarily the case because that's basically people the same people who would go out and defend Hulk Hogan, like you, 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 you like no seriously because now people be like oh you know I grew up watching Hulk Hogan that was my that was my guy growing up and like that that gives you an excuse for him that he said the n-word you know what i'm saying that's basically right. what that is like you know all people make mistakes well l- l- let me tell you something you you wouldn't say a word that is not already in your vocabulary you wouldn't mm-hmm. say like j- j- just natural instinct like i'm, I'm if, if i'm playing 2k or something right and i get upset the last thing that is on my mind is a racial slur i'm not yeah. thinking about that because that like a, a, a racial slur towards another race i should say you know what I'm saying? Because that's not in my vocabulary. So I'm not like if I'm angry and I'm getting if, I, if I'm getting uh, upset at the game, whatever like that, I'm not going to say it because it's not in my vocabulary. You only say stuff when you upset. That's already well, in your and, vocabulary. And even if like, let's say even if like you in the, you in as mad as you want to be and a racial slur or a, a misogynistic slur or a homophobic slur slips out. Most people, or most decent people, I think, would immediately be like, "Oh man, my bad. Like, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, that was that was out of line. You know, I, I apologize for that. That's not how I feel. You know, it, 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 that was stupid. That was on me. And they would like go out of their way to apologize. Whereas with Tessa, it seems like, in addition to you know just being an unpleasant person in the locker room, allegedly, like she did not even feel remorse about spitting on this woman and calling her the N word. And to me, like that is, that might even be worse than her uttering the word in the first place. It's that, okay, yeah, everybody can slip, but it's how do you respond to that mistake? How do you take responsibility and be accountable for your actions? And it feels exactly. like there was no accountability whatsoever. And so like you're saying, while this is a great moment and I was a hundred percent a Tessa Blanchard fan going into this show what happened yesterday certainly takes some of that joy or a lot of that joy, if I'm being exactly. honest, out of the moment for me. It, it, I completely agree with you, Nate. Like it, it took it took some of the joy out, and it, the thing with like I, I, I do, I I really wanted Tessa to have this moment. Like I like even even when they announced this months ago, I was like, man, this is the time. Like they better do it because you know if they don't do it, you know it's gonna be some big offers at, at, at Tessa's mm-hmm. front door, man. Like if they don't make this this, this big move. But, you know, like, I, I just really wish that she, as a, just as a human being, would have just came out and straight up admit your wrongdoings, yeah. say what you did, call, like, don't don't sugarcoat it, don't try to play a defensive tackle, 
you know what I'm saying? Don't try to play, don't try to play defense on this situation. Cause that, that I feel like that's that's most people's common common thing when they get called out by a group of people. Like it's like, oh, I gotta defend myself, I gotta defend myself. Instead of just admitting you're wrong, say say what you did wrong, admit what you did. Right. And, and, and try and try to move on as best as you can. And if people don't accept that you apologize and you did what you did, then so be it. Like e- even the same thing with, with going back to Hulk Hogan, he didn't apologize. Hulk mm-hmm. Hogan gave one of those apologies that, oh, I'm sorry, you got offended by what I said type things. That 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 was his apology. And like when Tessa, even when she did the post impact speech, and like you mentioned earlier in the podcast, like she, it, it wasn't like a, an, an apology per se. It was like more so of a, you know. I'm 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 halfway sorry, but like I'm not sorry for that. Like I'm kind of yeah, sorry. And, for and like, it was like it was like half half shoot, half kayfabe because she's bringing exactly, in Sammy exactly. Well, like, what what are we really doing here? Exactly, man. So like, it 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 really took away from the moment of what should have been one of the one of the best moments and what could what could have been. I think I think in my opinion could have been one of the top moments in 2019. I mean 2020, yeah. but you know. I mean, the, 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 like I would say, like maybe the the good thing, maybe the silver lining in all of this is that because people have asked me, you know, these, these past twenty four hours, Andrew, like, is is this it for Tessa? Can she come back from it? Is she canceled? I'm like, yeah, she can come back. She's not even like she's not, she's twenty four years old. Like she yeah. can come back from this. But again, unlike somebody like a Hulk Hogan who gave a half ass apology, or <laughs> somebody like a Jim Cornette who just dug his heels in she's young enough and she's you know she should be smart enough to be like okay this is a kind of come to jesus moment and i can continue being the way i am and still probably have a decent career and and make some money but you know not have a lot of friends not have a lot of people in the locker room that respect me or i can be like yeah i screwed up i was feeling myself and yeah i'm I'm gonna try to be better from now on and i think if she does that yeah, the wrestling fans, in particular, wrestling fans of color, will will welcome her back and accept her if she's sincere and honest about it. And it, like again, man, it it hits different when like okay, I I get Jim Cornette using the N word. Oh, yeah. I get Terry Bollea using the N word. It, it hits different though when somebody oh, who who you, should you know for, better. Man. Yeah, somebody, somebody who, who you root for, man. but also somebody who should know better, right? Somebody who comes up in a more progressive time, you know, even though we see kind of the divisions in our country along political and sometimes racial lines, like you think Tessa would know better, you know, but unfortunately uh, she didn't. But, but again, like this isn't, this isn't the end for Tessa. Ain't nobody canceling Tessa right now, but I think the ball's in her court to see what she wants to do with the rest of her career. Yeah. She, she going to step up, man. You know, she going to step up in the middle of wrong. I, I, I literally think that's the only way, that's the only way out. Like out of this rut, like admit your wrongdoings, man, and, yep. and and not everybody's gonna believe her. You know that is just what it is. Not everybody's gonna believe she's sincere. But as long as you get that thing out of your mind that you know I did it, I put it out there, and you know that's what it is. I I, I think that's what that's where you can get a little bit of that respect back. Yeah, like that, like the truth, the truth will set you free, and and Definitely I mean it's. Will. Take that weight off your shoulders, you know. It's it's like, man, just getting a cold, refreshing glass of mi- uh, water or milk, and and just letting that nourishment get to your to your soul. Speak, speaking of like milk and refreshments, anybody? You ain't, you ain't seen Brian lately, have you? No, nah, I ain't seen Brian, man. Brian, Brian went to the. I know school. this is like a big space station. It's a big satellite, but he should have been back by now. 
Brian, Brian went to the store and never came back, man. We, you know what? We gonna call Brian out on Twitter. That's what we gonna do. We gonna yeah, we, we gonna, gonna, gonna subtweet Brian. We, we, we gonna take it public. That's what we gonna do. <laughs> we <laughs> got receipts, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's just let's just wrap up the show then, man, because I, I don't want to keep the postmarks here all night with this review. Uh, yeah, for sure. We 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 can wrap it up, man. We wrap it up. So there you have it, folks. Andrew, that was crazy. That was a great show from Impact. Like I know you and I talked off the top, man. It was a hey lot guys, of hey guys. Hey guys. Hey, sorry, sorry for sorry, sorry to just right? uh, run in like this. Yeah, how you been, um, bro? Oh no, I went to, I went in the kitchen to get the water, but I had a plumbing issue. I got that fixed, so it's we're we're, we're all good now. Um, I'm ready to go. So, Ken Shamrock and Madman Fulton. This was an interesting one. No, they no, uh, they no, we, started with this one. I assume this. Ken Shamrock. Will... No, Postbox already heard Andrew. We we talked about this for like an hour already. You're a little late, Brad. This is a little late. This is a little bit. Oh, really? You guys already <laughs> talked about it without me? We talked about everything. We talked about Rob Van Dam and his girlfriend and his girlfriend that got a girlfriend. We talked about everything. Damn, that's disappointing because this is a show that I definitely watched. <laughs> I mean, it, hey, maybe we'll put that up. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll, we'll, we'll add that as special bonus content. You know, Brian Mann's review of Hard to Kill. Since I know you watched it and I know you have some thoughts, especially about, you know, that, that uh, Eddie Edwards, Michael Elgin match. Man, I just I hope when this when this hits DVD, my quote on the front of the box is a show I definitely watched. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we, we're gonna power down the satellite here, uh, and and uh, let's let's wrap things up, fellas. Uh, Brian, since since you have so much energy and and you're ready to talk about stuff, can you let the people know where they can find you for more of your insight on on, on all things Impact Wrestling? Yeah, man. If you guys need me, uh, just just. Catch me re-watching the Moose Rhino match, a match I've certainly seen before. Um, but, yeah, if you want to find me, I'm online at Brian Maxman uh, on whatever social. I, I'm trying to get off of social media completely, if I'm being totally honest. But, hey. Uh, okay. Okay, look at Brian out here acting like one stuff. of the young bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know. They blocked me. Um, <laughs> but, no, uh, only one of them. Uh, but yeah, follow me there. I, I promote uh, stuff I make. So if you want to know about stuff I'm making, um, I made some cool stuff. Go. Uh, the last thing I made uh, as the time this came out, go check out the Sci-Fi Wires Who Won the Year special. Uh, it's Sci-Fi. They counted down all these movies. I wrote it. It's funny. Go watch it. Andrew, what you got going on? Uh, man, just, <laughs> just getting some writing done doing some interviews you know uh keeping it cool i guess uh, you can follow me on, on twitter at ad thompson underscore underscore check out my uh youtube channel andrew thompson interviews while well, my interviews up uh audio and video interviews um go subscribe if you like uh, i appreciate it and you can find me on Twitter in the number eight M O Z A I K at Nate Mosaic, uh, the Rocky Mavia Picture Show, which bro- both Brian and Andrew have been guests on, appears monthly here at Post Wrestling. As well, you can check out the Kings of Sports with myself and Marcus Vanderberg from Yahoo Sports. We have a Patreon, patreon.com backslash the Kings of Sport, with over 70 hours of bonus extra content on that on that platform maybe you'll even hear brian's review of hard to kill on that platform because he definitely watched the show people i have so many thoughts um but yeah you can check that out patreon.com backslash kings of sport and of course want to give a shout out to uh john and wave the proprietors of post wrestling for putting this whole thing together so that's gonna do it man that we uh, another another successful mission for the satellite of hate brian man i 
I yeah, I mean success is absolutely <laughs> how I would uh, clarify it. Uh, Andrew, appreciate you, man. This is your, your your maiden voyage here on the satellite, man. And, and uh, yes, uh, obviously, uh, Andrew Thompson's a voice that should be familiar to the postmarks. This will not be uh, the last time he hops aboard the satellite. Hate. Yeah, I, I, pre- I appreciate you and uh, Brian having me for the you know for the time that Brian was here. So uh, you know, I, I appreciate you guys, and I, ho- I hope to be back soon. I mean, it's like that poem. Andrew, it's like when I when I looked down, there were two sets of footprints watching Impact. But then in the times when there was only one set of footprints watching Impact, that's when Brian Mann was carrying me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you for listening to the Hard to Kill review of uh, the the review of Hard to Kill. That's how you say it in English on post wrestling. Uh, great, great night of wrestling and uh, a lot to talk about in the world of professional wrestling. And so uh as we do, as is, is customary here on the satellite, I'm going to leave each and every one of you with some wise words. So uh, for, for Brian Mann and for Andrew Thompson, I am the Godfather Nate Milton. And in the words of Matthew Wilder, ain't nothing going to break up my stride. Nobody going to slow me down. Oh, no. I got to keep on moving. Ain't nothing going to break up my stride because I'm running and I won't touch ground. Oh, no. I got to keep on moving.